Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? MCMF, the podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read comic books. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you're nasty, and joining me on this episode to talk about All-Star, Batman, and Robin the Boy Wonder is Alex. Yes, I am very excited to talk about this hideous (laughs) piece of shit. (laughs) When you and I were like, okay, what episode are we going to do? What was the other suggestion you made? I made a good suggestion. You picked the you picked this. You made one good option, and then the other was this. I was like, "Oh, let's do let's do All Star Batman because it's terrible." I'm exactly for, for an episode about a shitty book, and I don't think I've done yeah. one since uh, since the Red Hood and the Outlaws episode. Also, I think I should probably do one about a good Batman related story. I, I mean, there are plenty of them out there, There's but you know, as far ones. as things go, but the bad one this is so much fun. God, yeah, I was telling you about this a little bit before um, we started recording, but back when I was in high school, I got slightly obsessed with the concept of reading bad Batman comics. Like, this was one of the first comics that I bought. And I also bought, you know, <laughs> Kevin Smith's Batman the Widening Geyer, which oh, is, no. is that pretty where, notable. Is where Batman pisses his pants? Yes, it's okay. it's the one where they t- where they have the flashback where year one basically Batman explains that you know the one of the more famous parts in year one he peed himself. Yes, yeah, so during the thing with the bats, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, we can save that if you want to actually do that as well at yes. some point. But that you know Neil Adams Batman Odyssey, like I was. I was basically like, I want to read all of these terrible Batman comic books because, you know, you go on the internet, you go on um, uh, comics, the old Comics Alliance website was kind of one of my main sort of sources for for finding comic books. And you just see people tearing these books to shreds. And that made me just desire them with my, the entirety of my soul. <laughs> They're, they're just not good. Like, this one especially. This is a steaming pile of shit. And I kind of love it. <laughs> like, it's so bad. It, like, the more I read it, the more it grew on me. Because it sucks. <laughs> it's like a social experiment. Or some kind of, like... I don't know. It's some kind of psyop or something, you know? Like, it's something that they put out in the universe to tell people... All right, do you really like Batman? Are Would you, you sure really you buy like a Batman? Batman comic if it was like this? All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, issue number one, was the highest selling single comic at DC in the year 2005. Yes, it sold 200,000 copies, if I remember reading that properly. Yes, and I think that was what the number. Also, what's really amazing, too, is that every single one of these issues actually was one of the higher sort of sold comic books, despite the fact that its quality was, well, you know, 
the way that it is. Yeah, well, I think it having Frank Miller and Jim Lee, all like their names are listed higher on this than the word Batman. Yeah. Like, but I. Good. I think that like by design, like to talk about this as well, like the All Star line as a whole, because I mean the All Star line is probably best known for All-Star Superman. Superman. Yeah. You know, the the author's, you know, kind of like comic book, you know, the the comic that you go into and you could honestly teach All-Star Superman in like high schools if you wanted to. Yes, because All-Star Superman is incredible. Yeah, like like, this sort of... Grant Morrison, right? uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. Yeah. Uh, I I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The the fucking new X-Men team coming in on Superman. Yeah. And that's like fresh off of their run on on X Men, right? Like maybe a year or two after. Yeah, it, it was pretty soon after that, if I remember correctly. So, like, that's the interesting thing. It's like the All Star line kind of is exhibited by this glowing comic book that I feel like everyone can reference and refer to. And then this other comic book, which despite being handled by two people who I feel like are more synonymous with the character, like Grant Morrison now is known for being the super, you know, one of the people who understands Superman best. Right. But like at the time, I don't think like they'd written um, JLA, right? which, you know, has a lot of good Superman moments, but it's not a Superman book. Right. And Frank Quietly's art is not exactly like Synonymous like the the uh, Yeah. I think Frank Whereas Quietly like, and I think uh I think the jackets that they wear in uh in that X-Men run. Yeah. Or kind of the more gross looking characters from that X-Men run <laughs> Isn't as that well. Like a like really gross Emma page that Frank Quietly did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of goo. There's a lot of like <laughs> kind of uglier characters like and it's not something where you'd look at and you go this person is a really great superman right like actually when i think frank quietly i think i don't really think of frank quietly's own art i think of uh ramon villalobos mm. who yeah very similar frank big frank quietly guy follows me on twitter for some reason <laughs> cool for, for years before i started doing this show so i was like why the fuck viral marketing pass it along like yes that's (laughs) but yeah like frank miller and jim lee i mean frank miller like it's very hard to think of batman's legacy without thinking about you know frank miller you and i just went on a whole tangent before we started recording uh, that started with us talking about the the dark knight returns and i can't believe how much goodwill Frank Miller got for 40 years off of The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. I mean, like, you look at it and it's like The Dark Knight Returns pretty much paved the way for most of the style of Batman comics today. And even yeah. in, like, movies, Batman versus Superman, right. like, has very heavily influenced a, from that. A lot of what I feel the public perception of Batman is comes from The Dark Knight Returns, comes from Frank Miller. And that's why earlier today, <laughs> because the <laughs> monthly discourse of why doesn't Batman just 
just uh, just donate all his money and fix crime in Gotham. Like Gotham isn't fucking cursed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> literally cursed. Gotham is literally cursed. Bruce Wayne as <laughs> he's one rich guy pushing back against a lot of other rich guys and also ancient evil. Like yes, <laughs> like literally. It's nuts. Uh, but I I said this is the fact that we have this discourse every month is because of Frank Miller. Yeah, like, he is the one who very much saw Batman as being this, like, this person who's kind of at war with himself, in a sense. Like, you can see it in Year One, you can see it in The Dark Knight Returns, you can see it in his other Batman works. Like, there's always this kind of thing where Batman is, like, this angry character who is motivated by trauma, who is, you know, can't let that, can't let the past die, in a sense. And that kind of motivates his movements and that kind of motivates his strength and makes him, you know, in in terms of kind of how Frank Miller sees stronger than most other superheroes. Right. Which and has led to, you know, the, the power scaling thing with Batman as well that we also see oh, quite God. often too. Uh, Batman can beat anybody with prep time. No. Prep time. <laughs> um, that and the, like the two arguments people have about Batman monthly on the internet are Batman could beat blank with prep time and uh, Batman just likes beating up poor people. Which oddly are like two separate arguments on like two separate scales in my opinion. Like one is, yeah, like one is kind of people being like, oh, you know, Batman is too overpowered as a character in the terms of like, the rich stuff. And then like it's like Goku. Batman's not powerful enough. Yeah, like with the, you know, like he has to beat everyone thing. But but he can't beat Goku, right? Like that's how people do Batman. <laughs> it's, it's that and it's, uh, it's, um, you know, Bruce Wayne could do so much good for, why doesn't Bruce Wayne fund, uh, just give, just give Mr. Freeze a job. And it's like, well, he did. And Mr. Freeze tried to murder him. <laughs> right. Like, there are examples of that happening in his regular ongoing comic books. And you can find a lot of examples of Batman being an upstanding citizen. This comic, however, you will not be able to find pretty much <laughs> no, any of that. No, like, Tom King's Batman paid to get jury duty because he feels like he got Mr. Freeze arrested wrongfully. Frank oh, Miller's that Batman is good. Frank Miller's Batman would put Mr. Freeze in the figure four in the middle of the street. <laughs> and, and he'd laugh the whole laugh time. laugh the whole time. Dare you do something about it. Get up and do a Fargo strut. He would be hyped up about it. He'd love it. He'd love every second of it. He'd, he'd probably Miller. monologue the whole time, too. Frank Miller's Batman is a fucking jim crockett era wrestler (laughs) (laughs) am i he's he's got the knife in the boot he's like am i going going over over? tonight yes am i going over (laughs) dusty would have to break out a dusty finish for him god (laughs) all right all right bruce baby so you'll you'll win you'll go over in front of the people but we'll do it in such a way that rick flair is gonna keep the belt okay is that work for you daddy 
And Batman would say no, of course, which would mean they'd have to do a Montreal screw job. Oh, they'd have, they'd have to Ultimate Warrior him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bruce, we'll get you. We'll get you paid when you. We'll work out that raise when you come back through the curtain. <laughs> you owe me, pal. I owe you, pal. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into this terrible, god awful fucking book. Batman and Robin, the boy, all star. Batman and Robin, the boy wonder, issue number one. Frank Miller, Jim Lee, uh, ink and letters by Scott Williams and Alex Sinclair. Opens. Uh, God, the other thing, because really quick, we were talking about some of Frank Miller's recent stuff. He did that Superman Year One book uh, with okay, uh, yeah, with uh, with John Romita Jr. Why did this? My big note is why do they keep letting Frank Miller write these awful stories with such incredible artists? It's, I feel like he just has a connection with these artists. Like it's almost like he's kind of pitching these with the artists like he's pitching them to the artists and the artists are kind of pulling him in saying ah don't worry i can rein him in don't worry like as long as i'm the one who's you know kind of you know working with them it should be fine because i mean ramita jr jim lee which by the way jim lee's art is way too good for this comic yes that's uh, in most ways (laughs) jim lee really did not have to do this this good but he did yeah I, again, like, going into that, like, I don't feel like it fits this style of comic, though. This should have had a Frank Quietly on it. Yeah. Like, it should have been grindier. It should have been something that leaned a little bit more into what we're seeing. Because, like, when I think of Jim Lee's Batman art, I think of Batman Hush, which is, like, this big encapsulation of modern Batman. You know, he's got all of the cars, he's got all of the allies, he's got all of the villains coming for him, Superman's there. All of these characters are kind of inhabiting this world. And here is this Batman here who I suppose is meant to be like this more primordial, kind of less, like, recognizable character. And he's drawn in such a weirdly superheroic way that it kind of throws it off. He looks like traditional Batman while doing nothing that Batman Right. <laughs> this this opens with uh, Dick Grayson on the trapeze doing his thing at Haley Circus. Uh, cool narration. Uh, this should get me killed, but it won't. Not that I can breathe with my heart with my heart fighting it out with my Adam's apple just now, but I know for sure I'll get through this. They're always there for me. They'll always catch me. Mom and Dad, they always catch me. They're always there for me. They're always there for me. I fly. Cut away to... You got something for that? I will say, like, I like the repetition here. Yes. But I think that Frank's approach to this comic is too Mm repetition-based. Like, with this here, Dick being, you know, a a young man, uh, age 12, which we'll probably hear quite a bit as we go through this. Which is older than he, he was when he first became Robin. Dick was like nine or something. Yeah, I, I think they kind of wanted to pace it out a little bit. I'm yeah. I'm not sure. But, like, it feels like the way that Dick is written is kind of the way that a lot of the characters are written. Repetition, the stuff that's gone into. I mean, we'll we'll get into the next character who does right, a yeah, lot of repetition right now. The same thing with her. Yeah. 
But it's like, it feels like everyone's written kind of in a similar way. And it feels like Frank's kind of said, this is good writing. Repetition means that I am enunciating a point and I'm making something here. And it feels like he's kind of mixed up everyone's characters a bit. Yes. Uh, So on the next page, we get a full page splash of Vicky Vale legs all the way up. Uh, Mm, Yeah. In her underwear. And these little shoes. Like, she's in her apartment by herself. Full face of makeup. In her in her underwear. Wearing heels. Drinking a martini. Yeah. Dictating. As Dictating. Uh, Frank yes. Miller has very uh, colorfully used to describe what she's doing. Yes. It's uh, Gotham City. Vicky Vale. Columnist. Gadfly. Dictating. She's trouble. The kind of trouble you and she says, so we got ourselves a Man of Steel in Metropolis. And why exactly we call him a Man of Steel? That does bring certain thoughts to mind. Uh, my note here is Vicky Vale would like to fuck Superman. Very classy. <laughs> uh, man of Steel? I mean, come on. Inquiring girls want to know. So Metropolis gets a Man of Steel. And what do we get in dear old Gotham City? A damn flying rodent who doesn't even fly. A goddamn Batman. This is the first usage of the phrase, the goddamn Batman. They do not stop oh. this. I think every issue of this has somebody referring to, to Batman as the goddamn Batman. Um, including himself. Including <laughs> uh, note here, uh, we get a damn flying rodent. Uh, Gotham City is in New Jersey. Of course you get a flying rodent. You're- <laughs> <laughs> Terrible place to live. Don't go there. <laughs> Gotham City, comma, New Jersey? Nah, I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she just talks some shit about Batman. Uh, we get a uh, ter- uh, gratuitous, let's say, <laughs> shot of her ass. Yeah, like I took a I took a picture of this, and it's like the three panels where she's talking, where she's doing a shoot interview bearing the Batman is <laughs> her boobs, her legs, and her front, and then her ass, and like literally, it's just. Each shot is that specific thing. Like, I was wondering if we were going to get a shot of her armpit or something. Yeah, I, like, is, some dialogue. Is that, you know, Jim Lee did not go rogue here and decide, all right, I'm going to draw this. This was in a script. <laughs> Frank wrote panel three. No, ass. like, this was 100% Frank Miller's doing this. <laughs> like, you can tell that this is just Jim Lee drawing what's on the script. He's like, all right, you know, uh, I'll, whatever, you know. I said I could keep him in line, so we'll let him have this one. Raining in Frank Miller's got to be like Raining in David Cage. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, Like you can only do so much. You really, you have to let him have small victories so that you can make sure that everything else runs the way it's supposed to. You'll never get done. You'll never hit your deadline if you keep fighting him. (laughs) Uh, so her buzzer goes off, and it's Alfred. It says, young lady, Bruce Wayne requests your presence. Would you be available tonight? Uh, and then we get some quick, a quick page of some outfit changes. She touches up her lipstick for some reason. Yeah, she's already dressed. She already has makeup. Yes. She's already... She's already kind of ready, like, which I, which is kind of interesting, like, yeah, she's like, she's ready for something. Yeah. We do a full page of her trying different outfits and getting, like, putting her makeup on. But she clearly, 
already has makeup on. Yeah. Like, her face is not drawn differently in these next pages. Can I say as well that I counted the... Because my main thing here was trying to prove my whole repetition point. Yeah. Like, she says, I'm going on a date with Bruce Wayne five times over the span of the next several pages, which yeah. is her saying it as she's changing, her saying it when Alfred mentions it, her saying it in the next... Uh, you know, in the, on the up. next page when she's in the thing. And then also while she's on the date as well. She also says, how cool is that as yes. well? Yeah, which makes her somehow... Which, which makes her somehow written like a guy who is writing like a girl. You know, like he's written yeah, like a 12-year-old boy. Yes, this is me in 2005 writing this. Yeah, <laughs> like legitimately... <laughs> Note, I was 11 in 2005. <laughs> this is, like... <laughs> she is, like, this I'm is not sure what... Net shit, like... She is jumping up and down. This is self-insert fic, like, yes. material here. Yeah, this is... Frank Miller really wants to go on a date with Batman. <laughs> I bet he would, honestly. Which, God bless He him. seems like he'd want to pick his brain, for real. Yeah, so Bruce. Uh... So, Bruce's uh, grand idea is he wants to take Vicky Vale to the circus. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what year is this? Like, there are other things he could do. <laughs> what the fuck? He has Alfred pick her up in this classy car. She is dressed to the fucking, fuck the nines. She's dressed to the 99 and the 2000. She looks incredible. <laughs> She really and, does. Like and your big idea, taking this reporter out, richest man in Gotham, top ten richest people alive. I'm gonna take Vicky Vale to the circus, huh? <laughs> and not just to the circus, like as like a circus date, but to the circus to watch the Graysons. Who, you know, I, he he literally is talking to her like she's barely even there. He's like, I wanted to see the Grace, and I guess you're going to be there too. Yeah, because Dick does a stunt and she freaks out because it looks like he's going to fall, but it's an intentional thing. And he says, don't worry, darling, this kid knows what he's doing. I, I've been, I've had my eye on him for a while. What does that mean? Literally, my pet theory, I mean... I know that this isn't where Frank's going with because that, that obviously Bruce reading pays ahead. the guy who kills kills his parents. I I really thought that they That's were trying to like, like put something there. Yeah, like <laughs> felt like that. Because he's like, I've been watching him for a while. I've got an eye for talent. Yeah, and Vicky Vale literally is like, wow, that's a weird thing to say, but I'm really gone on this guy. I'm yes. on a date with Bruce Wayne. How yeah, cool is yeah. that? Like, like, can we come back to that? Can we circle back to that, please? She clearly thinks it's weird, but is like, oh, <laughs> uh, well, he's handsome. <laughs> like, she should, she should leave us a whole race. Right, so I'm going to let you try that one more time. <laughs> what, do you mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because then, from nowhere, Mary and Richard Grayson are shot, or Mary and John Grayson are shot yeah, in the face and die. 
they're just on i actually really liked kind of the panel like i feel like if we'd spent less time showing vicky vale we could have turned this into like a full page spread but like yeah. i like the white background i like dick in the center there yeah, you know kind of just the yeah using the empty space really well but um, yeah so like bruce i mean you Bruce's know reaction is to in his head go he doesn't understand he can't possibly understand i couldn't when it happened to me and i don't know why this was was done to him i can't know why not yet but i know exactly this much this boy has entered my world and he'll never leave it there's no way out of it what <laughs> so like bruce in the original comic like he took Dick in because he felt sympathy for him. And yes. obviously, like, he kind of ran and, you know, jumped to the scene to try and figure it out. But, like, there was sort of, like, a, you know, thing where he was it's kind of, you know, I understand, thing. I'll help you find it. Right. Whereas here, he literally just, in his head, he's going, uh, there ain't no way out. And just starts running around and, and trying to do some other stuff. Like, he's like it's almost like he's like, one. there we go. That's the opportunity I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he pops up like Akihiko in uh, in Persona 3. I've been waiting for this. Yeah. He he was ready for this. Like, this, it, again, lending itself to the I planned this Bruce yes. theory. This seems like he's up to something. Uh, and so the guy... Also, uh, it's not the, the same guy who usually, like, who killed him, who killed him before. Because before, it's Tony Zuko, right? I believe so, yeah. Maybe that was the guy who was in charge of it, and maybe he wasn't the trigger man, but Tony Zuko is a more familiar name than... what? What's this guy's name? Uh, Jacko Boy? Jacko Boy? I, I believe so. I, I think that is it. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, but like, whatever. No, it doesn't. But yeah, this, I didn't catch the repetition before, but yeah, he says no way out four times. Yeah. There's he no is. Way out. There's no way out. There's no way out. No way out. Any of <laughs> Just them. needs and to fill it. it. Yeah. Just needs to fill the page with words. Right. Like. Not for any of us. Snake poison. He shoots him with a dart. Uh, or with a. It's a batarang that's got snake poison on it that makes him yeah. hallucinate. I found it very funny that he goes here. He's like, I hope it's got nasty side effects. Actually, I checked. It does. Then why were you hoping for it? <laughs> like, why were you thinking, I hope it's got bad side effects when you know it does? Right. It does. This killer will be pulling bugs that aren't there out of his ears for a month. Jo it's Jocko Boy, not Jacko Boy. Jocko, Jocko Boy. boy. Yeah, Jocko Boy Vanzetti. Any dirty job there is for anybody who wants it. Big as an ox and twice as smart. Yeah, call me a six and a half foot long minnow. There's a lot of food chain I have to work my way up. But first, the kid, Dick Grayson, age 12. There's age 12. Yep, and Vicky Vale, cut to Vicky Vale. Uh, there's something rotten in Gotham City. It wears a badge. And it's a fucking cop grabbing her by the wrist. Go back, go back to your newspaper, sex pot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Frank is trying to make us feel here because, like, he clearly had like this whole thing where it's like, oh, Vicky Vale's walking around all 
sexy in her apartment alone. Like, is that what she's known for? No. Like, for other people? in Not in modern comics, but, like, in this. Like, is she supposed to be known for being, like, a more racy character in the context of Frank Miller's comic? I think so, because that's how Jimmy Olsen also, when he shows up, Jimmy reacts the same way to her, of just like, wow, Vicky Vale in the flesh. I don't like that. Like, Vicky, I mean, that's... Vicky's always been, like, a character that's, like, I don't feel like she's ever been a character that's, like, one of the the various femme fatales that Bruce right. Wayne and She's David, a woman like... who's around that some in some continuities Bruce ha will have, like, a fling with. But, like, she's not a particularly horny character. Well, Frank wanted a particularly horny character, so here and she is, I guess. It. Yeah, he wanted a horny character, but also wanted to use Catwoman for something else. So, Vicky Vale. Oh, God. Um, when we get to that. Ugh. And, uh, the, she's like, the, the, help me help this kid. He's been through enough, he's been through hell. Just get him to the, ho let him go to the hospital. And the cop's like, he's in good enough hands. She's like, yeah, I've seen what you cops do with your hands. What girl in Gotham hasn't? And who knows what you do to little boys? I, mm, listen, far be it for me to defend the honor of any police department, especially the GCPD. But I think it's maybe, perhaps, bad taste to go, the Gotham City Police Department are sexual criminals. I think it's just Frank being like, it's, I'm going to put the most edgy stuff that I can right, in this particular it feels thing. Like, like unnecessarily edgy. Yeah. Like going too, going a little too far in the sense where it's like, yeah, I have to make this realistic, quote unquote, as I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the end game there? Uh, the cop then proceeds to smack the shit out of Vicky with her with his uh, nightstick. It says, hey, yeah, you well, got, that... got a mouth on you, don't you, babe? Only now it ain't so damn pretty. Uh, and then Vicky jumps in Bruce's car and they chase after the, her and Alfred chase after the cops who have taken Dick away. Yeah, Vicky says that, like, Washington won't ignore police brutality, which is a very pie-in-the-sky thought even for 2006. Yes, uh, a felony. And even if Goth... Yeah, because uh, uh, she thinks they're gonna... Kid they're kidnapping Dick. Well, they are kidnapping Dick, I think it's worth mentioning. She's like, a felony. And even if Gotham ignores it, Washington won't. Uh, you think yeah. the federal government is gonna look past... You think they won't look past corruption by police officers? Yeah, come on. Like, <laughs> I've got some beachfront property in Montana to sell you. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, even in 2006, that felt wrong to kind of say. But uh, for Frank Miller, I mean, he, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know his politics in that regard. Maybe he, he does believe that. <laughs> he is a self-described libertarian. So do with that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they chase down where the cops are taking, uh, taking Dick. They are. This is fucked up. They've got Dick on his knees in the dirt, and they're just standing there with their batons drawn, presumably to beat the shit out of this recently traumatized child. 
Yeah, like, I will say that, like, the last couple pages of this comic are, like, a breakneck pace. Because yeah. it's like, we got Dick. Dick was at the circus. He's traumatized. We had all that stuff happen to Vicky. Then they take him in the car, and they're like, oh, you know, I... I on there, they like the reason that they're bringing him out there. What I understand is they want him to not name Jocko Boy, basically, yeah. even though he saw Jocko Boy. And right. he's like, "Well, you know, I'm traumatized. My parents died. You know, please, like, I I need to find the person who did it." And they're like, "Ah, well, let's beat him up." Like, <laughs> literally, yeah, over the span child. of the page, they decide. Yeah, beat up this child whose parents were just violently murdered in front of him. For no reason. Well, they're clearly fine with it. So <laughs> that that shows that shows something about the police, I guess, uh, in this universe, even if it is a little fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so bats suddenly show up because Bruce has set up Sonics to attract bats. Yeah. In this gulch, uh, and so the cops run or try to run away. Uh, Bruce kills the Sonics and then blasts through in the Batmobile and blows these cop cars up. Okay, I need to know this as well because on the in the next issue we kind of get a little bit of information. We we kind of see a scene which we'll get into a bit. But like, did Bruce also ram his own car? No. Was I that mean, what happened? I well, you know, I don't think so. Because like you think about it, it's like you know once we get into it, but like Alfred and. Vale are in pretty bad condition yeah and like we don't see how that happens like we know they were close to the situation but like did bruce just like ram into his own car and be like ah well whatever like yeah uh it's unclear uh because he he fucking bisects this cop car like it is it explodes and it's just cut all the way through also the batmobile is drawn different issue to issue yeah, that was that was I something I know well. Like, like here, like, and what's weird is it's like the Batmobile is drawn this way at the end of this issue, and at the beginning of the next issue, it's a completely different Batmobile. Yes, it's like they took so long between them that Jim Lee forgot. <laughs> well, I actually have a bit of a story about that if you don't oh, yeah. mind. Yeah, go for it. So this comic was originally slated to be a monthly comic, yeah. but. It got hit with delays on issue two. So, like, this this comic started in, I believe it started in September, which was very shortly before All-Star Superman started. It, then the next issue came out in November of that year. So, Frank and uh, Jim Lee's kind of cited that the reason why there were so many because he was working on the art direction for DC Universe Online. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still going on, by the way, in case you didn't know. I, I like, thought it ended. No, they actually recently just had a Flashpoint like event. And oh, in the past couple of years, they had a Dark Knight Metal arc for like people to play, too. That's it's crazy. just been free to play this whole time, but like it is still playable. Um, so the second issue came out in November, which probably explains why things were so tricky. The third issue came out in December, but then the fourth issue came out in March of 2006. Oh, shit. The fifth issue came out in 2007. Holy fuck. So literally only one issue of this comic in 2006. 
it became bi-monthly after issue five released and then issue 10 which had some issues that we'll talk about once we get to that got delayed three separate times so badly that it didn't actually get included in the trade paperback for Holy the shit, actual right? comic yeah nuts. so jim lee i mean jim jim lee has kind of said like frank miller had all the scripts done i had to do the cleanup for the art it was my fault that everything got delayed because I was working on this. And, like, very shortly after this is kind of when he becomes an executive for DC as well. Right, like, he's like the So he was just, he had too much on his plate. Yeah, he just had too much on his plate at that time, I would say. Right. Because he's not, he's not EIC, he's just publishing now? I think so, yeah. But he's, he's pretty high up there, and he yeah. was kind of moving in that direction as this comic was coming out from what i understand yeah uh so issue one ends with bruce grabbing uh dick i hate that sentence (laughs) 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 issue two opens with uh them racing up the side of a mountain and uh the narration from bruce is from up from up here gotham city is beautiful Beautiful, like Edgar Allan Poe's sweet Lenore, before her small cough brought a spot of blood to her lip, and the poet knew she was plagued, doomed. There's no sign of the dry rot that eats the bones of my city. Not from up here. I've just kidnapped a traumatized younger. Youngster. Strong boy. For his age, he's damn strong. And he's grabbed... He's grabbed Grayson by the face. And a a gas is coming out from his glove uh, like that... this is all so strange again like why are you traumatizing this kid further right meanwhile Alfred yeah like you said Alfred is patching up Vicky I think he what happened was when Bruce hit the cop car the explosion not hit that like knocked him away okay uh, that that makes a bit more sense honestly i feel like it's it's just weird because we didn't see that and we're kind of left to form our own conclusions based off of what we see there and the flashbacks of kind of vicky vale remembering when dick grayson age 12 uh was swinging through the air and like you know got captured by uh bruce Right. And uh, the narration again for Vicky is Vicky Vale, columnist, bearing witness. And she's talking to Alfred. Alfred is telling her that she needs to just slow down and breathe. Also, out of context, this looks like a romance comic uh, starring Alfred and Vicky Vale. Cause Alfred I is, wrote that too. <laughs> Alfred is fully shirtless in the rain, patching up her wound. Like, oddly, his body is obscured the whole time by Vicky Vale. So I feel like they kind of were like, okay, he's going to see, but you still have to pay attention to the woman. Pay attention to Vicky Vale. Right, because Alfred looks fucking jacked here. Two chicken breasts, one asparagus, you know. For real, yeah. (laughs) The uh, narration kind of said that he was just getting started. So I'm assuming that's kind of what they wanted to to get out of it like maybe he's someone who's more involved right 
Yeah, because it's like uh, Alfred Pennyworth, combat physician, Royal Air Force, retired, special operative, her, mail, her Majesty's special, uh, or Her Majesty's Secret Service, retired, personal aide to Br- billionaire Bruce Wayne, not retired, just getting started. Yeah, this guy's a badass, and he will kick some ass at, uh, later on in this comic. Is yeah. what Frank Miller is telling us. Um, and so she's remembering Batman picking up. Tick Grayson and throwing him in the Batmobile. That panel is so funny. Like, it's just... It just shows this strange disdain for this trauma. Like, again, Dick is traumatized. Bruce was there. He saw his parents get shot. Why is he throwing him around like a rag doll and gassing him in his car? Why is he throwing him around like Keith Lee throwing around Isaiah Cassidy? Yeah, for real? (laughs) He's just like, I don't care. Like, deal with your trauma on someone else's time, not mine. Right, bleed in somebody else's car. Uh, (laughs) So Vicky realizes what's happening and she passes out from the pain uh, because she's fucked up. Um, Bruce is taking, he's taking Dick somewhere, just driving around extremely recklessly. Uh, And he's like, that gas was supposed to knock him out. His brain ought to be sailing post the moon, past the moon right now. What's his brain made of? Sleep, sleep, kid, sleep. The world I'm going to wake you up to will be no better than the world you already know. But it'll make a whole lot more sense than the one that did. It'll make sense. Uh, or it's uh, once I put you through holy hell, it will. It'll make sense. A lot of sense. Holy hell, or the next best thing. And Dick goes, hang on a second. <laughs> That's not a real voice. He's doing like some lame-ass Clint Eastwood impersonation. He's faking it. He's like, so sleep tight, punk. Sleep tight, my ward. Yeah, again, this seems like Bruce is in on the murder of his parents. He says, what's all... What's smiling. Like, yes. smiling Grinning. about this whole thing. Grinning. Showing teeth. He said, huh? What's that? What the hell's a ward? And he said, Bruce looks at him. Dot, dot, dot. Shut up. I'll do the talking here. Why? Like, this this part specifically took me out of it so much. This Bruce like, thinks he's so cool. He is, like, he's so lame that I don't even feel right and bad. Like, the mo- the rest of my notes just call Bruce the whole rest of the time, whether he's <laughs> under the cowl or not. Like, this guy is so upset at the fact that this child didn't think his cool monologue which he rehearsed in his head by the way like the whole holy hell or the next best thing was something he thought before he actually said it and like it's just he's literally doing all of this to impress this 12 year old dick grayson age 12 has to be impressed by the batman yes he's doing it to pop himself (laughs) he's a mark for himself yes Bruce Wayne about to sell (laughs) t-shirts Bruce Wayne Batman sitting like Virgil (laughs) He literally is working himself into a shoot He's gonna gonna tweet out To like I don't know He's gonna tweet out to Becky Lynch You can't call yourself the man I am I'm the I'm the goddamn Batman. Oh yeah, get get into this. <laughs> like, yeah, he says, let's uh, let's do it. 
He says, uh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Bruce asks, there's no, listen, I feel weird saying it. There, he asks, uh, he says, what are you, dense? Are you slow or something? But he did not say slow. He did not. He said another word that is synonymous with slow, too slow, even. Uh, who the hell do you think I am? I'm the goddamn Batman. I'm going to be the best friend you could ever hope for. Well, would you look yeah. at that? I'm going to be the best friend you could ever hope for and the worst enemy you could ever imagine. <laughs> and Dick, Dick, fucking, Dick fucking RVDs him. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and sure. He's a sure man, whatever. Like literally again, he is so in his feet. Again, after this, he's so in his feelings about the like Dick did not like kind of do anything to this. Like he didn't respond to it at all. He's just like, like, but why would he respond to it? He's traumatized. His parents just died. He got grabbed and thrown into a by some guy who is like some talking like costume, he's in a doing a shitty impression of Clint Eastwood and trying to impress him. I, I, she's trying not to think about the fact that his parents were just violently murdered, and you're sitting here trying to be McGrath the goddamn crime dog. Like he's doing bits. Like yes. he's literally just doing bits in front of this teenager, this is the hoping that like he'll pop for it. He's the, he's the goddamn bit man. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's All what I'm gonna call him from the rest of this thing. He's All the bit star, man now. Bit man and Robin. All-star Bitman and Robin, the boy wonder. Damn, no matter what I say, no matter how I play it, this kid just won't scare. Uh, the cops are trying to run them off the road, and he's like, not so much to pull over. They're not even trying to arrest me. Not anymore. I guess somebody on the force just put out a kill order on me. Cool. It's about damn time. There's a cop with an oozing pointed at the <laughs> I don't think that's standard issue. <laughs> no, no, somehow, I don't think so. And then Bruce decides we're going to drive head on towards these cops and starts cackling. And he's like, you're going to love this, kid. What else? Watch, kiddo. This is going to be great. <laughs> and sideswipes the shit out of this motorcycle cop. Who is this? This Bitman literally just laughing his ass off as he's driving into cops, driving around, trying to slam them, being excited about the fact that they're trying to kill him. This is me playing and run for them speed off the road. <laughs> he's literally just like he's just got a cool car and he just wants to. Right, he's, I, he's just look at all the. I just got some new NOS put in here, man. I just put that spoiler up. <laughs> This is like burnout paradise. Yes. Like he's literally just like I have, I have to drive around. I have to see the, I have to like go up into the mountains and do a race. Like he's got fucking riders on the storm playing. <laughs> uh, and he says, "Dick's like you're nuts. You're out of your mind." He says, "Nuts. You want to see nuts, kid? I'll show you nuts." Again, don't like that sentence. No, me neither. <laughs> no, Dick also says that he hates this guy. Me fucking too. Like, I'm sick of him already. So I fucking hate this guy, man. He's talking to his car. 
<laughs> he says, hey, full out. No ceiling. There, and the car, which is, has Alfred's voice, is talking to him while Bruce is cackling. And the car flies off into the sky, blowing up the cop cars underneath it upon ignition. There, There's no kill. Like, I feel like this is a dumb question, but I'm assuming that Frank Miller just is in this comic. Like, it, would I be watch. accurate in saying that? Like, the no-kill rule that oh, Batman usually has? Yeah, throw that out the window. Because he turns... He burns these cops alive. There is just, like, a cap and a shoe left from one guy. I think, like, I saw some cops, like, running away from the cars. But I don't feel like that's enough to show that they actually escaped. No, no. One guy, he, you just see his shoe. It has been blown off. That guy is God. definitely dead. Uh... And so Dick eventually freaks out because he's just like, their brains splashed, splashed on my feet. They're dead. They're dead as hell. And then he sits there for a second and he screams like, their brains splash all over my feet. <laughs> he's he's having a full-on panic attack. And, what and, and you. the Batman's idea is to slap the shit out of him. Mid panic attack. And then Bruce is like, "What's my problem, man? He, why am I so evil? Looking at his hands like Johnny Gargano. <laughs> why am I so violent? Like his whole monologue here about how grief is the enemy. I actually, I will say." His line where he says that, like, he, he talks about grief here and he kind of exhibits kind of what his mindset is, is that, like, Dick can't kind of settle for the fact that his parents are dead and he can do nothing about it. Because then he'll let and, go. And he has a line here where he specifically says that grief forgives what can never be forgiven. Right, grief turns which acceptance is, into acceptance, forgiveness. Which is, like, the hardest line I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, if it wasn't in this comic, I would appreciate it a lot. That's up there with the, uh, in, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. Fucking pick a god and pray. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is clearly, like, again, like, there's clearly a point to what Frank is trying to do here. But it's being exhibited in probably the most ass backwards way it's that like, it distracts from distracts from what could potentially be an interesting story. story yeah the mission statement of this book is that dick grayson's presence forces bruce wayne to examine himself and go oh my god i'm fucking out of my mind i can't live like this i can't go about my mission in this way except at every turn, Bruce goes... As soon as Dick's not around, he's like, God, I'm so fucking cool. I'm so fucking yeah. great. I'm the goddamn Batman. And as we'll find out, like, in the next... As we'll see later, oh um, more people are inspired by this super violent, super excited Batman. So, Batman I don't know if Frank's... excited is more weird to me than Batman being ultraviolet. I hate excited, jumping for joy, I'm so cool, Batman. Laughing and all the other stuff. But it's like, I don't know if Frank's, like, 
trying Frank's kind of battling with himself because he wants Batman to be the coolest and most like influential so cool character so of all time. And all the girls want to fuck him. But like also he's doing this thing where it's like, no, like Batman needs to like needs Robin and he needs to kind of change his ways and approach things differently. So like, which is it? Like, is it like this comic? You know, obviously, it never wrapped up in the way that it could have. But would the like mindset of this be like this? Batman rejects Robin is kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I'm I'm putting way too much thought in, but it's yes. like it almost feels like the way that Batman is going in this particular direction, he won't change because of Robin. Yeah. It feels like he's set on being this person. And Yeah. And uh he says, You gotta learn to learn, kid, about fighting crime. You got some kind of problem with the notion of fighting crime. And he's like, Well, you just like killed he's like, I have no problem fighting crime, but isn't that what cops do? And didn't you just did you just waste a bunch of a, a whole pile of cops, big guy? You little snot. And then I will say a lot of the narration if you get away from the constant repetition a lot of the narration is this really like interesting prose yeah it's like maybe it's a little like, too purple for my liking yeah. but it's like for a second there I think I think he's gonna hit me again but then he goes all sad contained bottled up it's like he's the only person in the whole world I have to pinch myself to make sure I still exist we listen to ourselves breathe for what feels like a day all of a sudden, I realize how quiet this thing is. I can't even hear the jets. I'm in another world. His world. He's that lonely. He's all alone. Whoever he is, he's all alone. He sucks air, and for a second, it looks like he's got a razor blade stuck between his teeth. Then he talks, and it's like every single word he says is a jagged chunk of glass that scrapes his throat all the way out. Uh, like I said, son, you've got, a lot, you've got a lot to learn. And your lessons start right here, right now. Here's lesson number one. Never talk to cops. True. True. Not in Gotham. Never let a cop get near you. Again, true. Not in Gotham. Very true. Just, just listening to him is like being punched in the chest again and again. Like Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> 66 times or whatever it was. <laughs> I think it was 65. <laughs> Fuck. Remember Kevin Owens threw him off the stage? That was sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he should do it again he should do it again but for real no hopefully crash soon no crash yeah. man all table stop him from being this weird vampire or whatever he is now just just I'm, everything i know about him and megan fox has been against my will uh it's hideous seriously so that's that ends issue two uh issue three opens issue three has got black canary on the cover which we should talk about frank miller's black canary yes um so first of all the the thing with this is is that all-star batman and robin right we're three issues in and we've had Batman, of course. I mean, I, Batman, I'll say this. He's, he's we don't get Batman. Robin until issue nine. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, third issue doesn't have Robin on it. No, 
It has Batman Black Canary right on it. So, like, if you're if you're on the shelves and you're kind of looking around, and you're like, "Oh, here's the third issue of a comic book," you see Black Canary on it. You're like, "What happened? Like, where's Batman? Where's Where's Robin the Boy One?" You pick this up, and well, you get whatever this comic is. <laughs> Because it's not a Batman comic, and it's not a Batman. It's like it's almost just a Black Canary comic. Yes. And whatever Black Canary Frank Miller bring to us today. Because, like, I get it. Black Canary's costume not a lot to the imagination. Inherently designed for titillation. What the fuck is this? Uh, this is six months ago. Uh, at the Black Canary Bar in uh, in Gotham on the corner of Infantino and Broom. You wouldn't drop your sister off there. Not if you liked your sister. And maybe even if, you, even if you didn't. It's early yet. There's still time to stumble home before dawn, provided you live in the neighborhood, and provided you can keep yourself vertical. Great town, Gotham. You gotta love it. No, you don't. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh... And so we get the interior of the bar. It says the only people with any reason to be out this late are hookers and cops and losers. And the losers, it points at this, it points at this guy who she just caught off at the bar. Uh, he just passes out on his way. He says, uh, "These two guys talking like she better be real. She better be fine, Dorothy. I'm serious. We've been riding since midnight. My shorts are crawling up my backside, so she better be damn fine." I'm serious. So she's fine, all right, man? You've never seen so fine. And they walk in, and the arrows on them say, uh, say and then there's the predators. Uh, and uh, th th this dude is just talking about Black Canary's ass. He's like, ooh, oh, ooh, you could bend a fork on it. So round. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bend a fork on it is the most like that's insane. Strangely violent and not unsexy way of describing how fat it is. Damn, girl, you shit with that ass. I could bend a fork on it. Oh my god! Like legitimately, when I read that, it like took me a different. It took me to a different place than I think Frank Miller wanted me taken. Yeah, uh, and so we get. Some of the, the random text bubbles. <laughs> People talking. Hey, you. What part of Ireland you from? Mommy. Yeah, finding out that Dinah is Irish here because two, because that, and then later on two guys do the, oh, I'm, you know, I'm an eighth Irish too, baby, yeah. kind of thing as well. Why is she Irish? Is Dinah Irish? Not usually. I think usually she's just like American as far as I know. Yeah, and, uh, and it just feels like why, like what, what inspired this choice? Yeah, what was the idea there? Because uh, what the fuck? Yeah, I I will say that like I do kind of like this as far as the way it's arranged slightly, not the sexiness, but like doing like catcalling as like a bunch of noise on the panel, a bunch of like word bubbles on the panel, a bunch of people catcalling, a bunch of people saying stuff. Like there's so much going on 
on there that you can kind of almost like you can almost kind of feel a bit crowded yourself like this is again me you know praising jim lee specifically more than i feel like i'm frank miller because i don't want to read you know things like (laughs) some of these pet names that are being They're bad. It's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, Dinah, usually, I'm pretty sure it's just American, by the way. I think he just okay. heard the name Dinah and was like, what if she's Irish? Dinah Lance is very Irish as a name, I guess, well, to this him. Well, this is her... Yeah, I mean, it's unclear if this is Dinah Drake or if this is Dinah Lance. Mm, also, good point. God, comic book writers love the last name Drake. Yeah, Dinah Drake, Tim Drake. Bobby Drake. There's a villain named Robert Drake or Richard Drake. Yeah, I... Why is that? I don't know. Like, do you think that there's like a... It's a distinct sounding name. Sounds like a dragon. No, people didn't grow out of their dragon face. Yeah. Uh, We get a full page. Uh, Also, there's a little thing here that is supposed to be... It's like a firecracker in the corner that's supposed to represent her temper about to go off. Hmm. I actually like that as well. Uh, Again, me praising Jim Lee and not me praising Frank Miller. That's got to be a Miller call, though, right? That's got to be like Hmm. something he put in the script. Good point. Put a visual representation of her fuse going off. Uh... And so she's trying to do her job, and people are calling her darling, sweetie, pet, sugar, barmaid. Hey, lady! Hun. Saying that they're, like, part Irish, like I said before. Yeah, two you different know, guys say that. Hey, I'm one-eighth Irish. You know, baby, I'm part Irish myself. One guy does the, are you from Tennessee because you're the only Ted I see? <laughs> I love that he was, like, he said the first. She says it twice. And clearly she- Clearly, she didn't respond, so he says the full page. <laughs> yeah, he comes back and does the whole thing again. Um, we get a full page of her standing there, and all the one, all the dudes in the mirror, like that you can see behind her, like all the dudes looking at her, look like demons. They look terrifying. This dude's like yeah. gonna drool all over himself. Uh, and two, Jim. Why is she so hanger bangered? What happened here? What? Why did you? You didn't have to draw her her fangs like that, Mister Lee. I feel like again, this is a Miller call where it's like we draw need her. another sexy lady. The other sex or sexy lady is broken. Bring me another one. Yes, another. <laughs> <laughs> So there, the two guys before are talking, and her fuse gets shorter and shorter, and uh, the guy, one of the guys, whispers something to her, and then uh, they fist bump, and the guy says, "Count me." The other guy, who I sent this screenshot to uh, to Will and Manny, and they thought that this was Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that that was I was like, yeah, this is that. But the other guy as well, he also looks like Oliver Queen. Yes! Which kind of threw me up as well. It's very weird. Uh, he says, count, count me in. I'm wanting me some of that action, brother. She's got the mouth. Damn, she's got the mouth. Wow. That, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, you... 
that's certainly something to call when you've just seen somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, to quote the future song, yeah, I have a note here, which is there's a future song called In Her Mouth, and the hook of that is <clears throat> I'm trying to fuck the DA lady in her mouth, though. This <laughs> this case, it would be I'm trying to fuck the black canary in her mouth. Yeah, that's what that guy's thinking in his head. That's what's that's what's going through. That's what he was listening to. Yeah, the, looks <laughs> the idea of future existing in the DC universe is really funny to me. Oh my god, what he did in the Marvel universe when he was <laughs> doing music in that is is enough. Imagining him doing like shit about like imagine, Batman, about Black Canary. Imagine you're living in Gotham and you just see future. <laughs> he, he he feels like he would. Be... Uh, whatever the DC version of Atlanta is. <laughs> uh, and so these guys talk some more she tries to get them their drinks and they're like <laughs> woo we been told huh bud uh cause she says uh she says I'll fetch your Jaegers as for that other service you gents requested of me I'll leave it to you boys to provide for each other she said suck each other's dicks leave me alone yeah <laughs> this is she, she's not having it yeah it's the uh how big is that dick small leave me alone <laughs> what that mouth do <laughs> tell lies. lies yeah tell lies <laughs> leave me alone the black guy also says axing a lot which definitely he feels, frank feels racist yeah come that on man very racist he says damn girl that butt of yours looks good that is <laughs> is that one fine looking butt i'm axing you man Ooh, 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 baby, and then puts his hand on her ass, and then the just fuse, sticks it out. Yeah, the fuse just ticks all the way down. We should add Black Canary here does not have powers, uh, ostensibly. She, the bar is called Black Canary, and that's where she takes the name from. This is also her work and the uniform. costume. Yeah, this is her yeah. work uniform. Uh, she proceeds to jump over the bar. And kick this dude in his face and knocks several of his teeth out. Yeah, she... I feel like a portion of this was just, you know, everything going on. But you know what? Getting grabbed on your ass after you've already told someone off, that is a perfectly good reason to, to just spring start, into action. Start whooping somebody's ass. Because then she proceeds to beat... The ass of everyone in this bar. And she also repeats all of the pet names that were used thing, but I, I I feel like we skipped over this one because it's particularly hideous, but one of the bubbles referred to her as Love Chunks. Yes, this is the one that sticks with her. And she was not a fan of that. Because it's like Princess Darling, Hot Mama, Birdie, Pet, Sugar, Sweetie, Han, Love Chunks. Sexy baby, pretty baby, sweet cheeks, birdie, love chunks, sweet cheeks, babe, love chunks, love chunks, 
love chunks. And she's just, chunks. Chunk, and she's just stomping these dudes out. She kicks one dude. She gets a fucking field goal with this dude's nutsack. Uh, it's good. Uh, just smokes him. Yeah. Finally standing up to sexual harassment and sexual This is like... Honestly, I feel like we needed this to a degree. <laughs> yes. To Based offset, on kind of all the stuff. That... To offset all of the sexual harassment that has been done in this book, we needed four to five pages of her just whooping the dog shit out of these guys. There's an arrow that points at one guy and says, she kicks this last one harder than there's any call for. <laughs> it's like that one part in, uh, I don't know if you've read JoJo, but like there's a part in JoJo where literally one, of the characters five or one of the characters punches another one for six yes! whole pages literally this is that this is the six page muda but for bat for but for batman and for black canary specifically yeah it says his jaw shatters like porcelain the sound is sickening and lovely is it safe to say Frank Miller has lost his touch by this point? Because I feel like... He's writing this like it's meant to be Sin City. But yes! it's Batman. <laughs> this whole thing feels like Sin City. And Sin City kicks ass. But like, what the fuck is this? You can't write everything like Sin City. And Sin City being kind of vignette moved. Kind of, you jump around a little bit. Is fine because that's like this completely separate thing jumping to a black canary story and then obviously we'll get to what we get to here but there's not a lot of batman and there's or or dick grayson in this comic either so like it feels like he's kind of just said ah it's fine in, in sin city you know i had vignettes with other characters and i can jump around if i like but you don't have an infinite amount of issues to be able to write this story be careful with it. Pace yourself. Right. So her boss comes in and sees her standing amongst all the bodies and now robbing them for some reason. <laughs> well, if you're gonna if you're gonna beat them up, you might as well. Like, if you're gonna get fired, you might as well get your money's worth. You know, you're not getting that last paycheck. So. She takes the one dude's wedding ring, the dude who looks like Oliver Queen, uh, and her boss comes in. He's like, what the hell are you doing, darling? What the hell are you doing? So I'm robbing these poor souls, blind lamb, and while I'm at it, I'm tendering my resignation. A sweet young thing like me can only take so much. Look at this. Look at this. The good man's married. Nice ring, you think? He's like, I know where you're going with this, baby. Please don't. Uh, to have and to hold, my love, swallow. And she shoves the dude's ring down his throat. Yeah, that's another one where I was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, like I, I was like, you know what? Like I was getting a little into this, honestly. Yeah, this is kind we of we needed this. Like, and then she's, he's like, her boss is like, what's gotten in, what's gone and gotten into your head, sweetheart? He says, Batman, sweet chunks, the man is insane. What did you just call me? And then she throws him out. Of, she kicks him out of the window like Marty Jannetty. <laughs> I feel like the sweet chunks bit, like, weren't they saying love chunks before? Yes. Is it chunks that bothers I her think specifically? I chunks that bothers her. 
which I don't know what that could be referring to. That's gross as it's well. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it either. <laughs> like chunks feels like that's a nickname you give like a baby. Yeah, love chunks, sweet chunks, maybe. But like, I don't know what would be the love chunks. What would be the sweet chunk? My guess, in this particular situation. My guess is it is referring to her hammer hammers. I see. Yeah, that that fits. I guess. And so she takes one of these dudes' motorcycles and drives off on it. Yeah. Why not? Now. It's mine now. I already took all your money, your dignity, shattered your jaw. I might as well take this, too. Yeah. It's time for her to begin a new life as, I guess, a a woman dressed like an employee at the Black... Like, (laughs) is she gonna... Like, she's obviously not gonna return the outfit. No, this is this bar's like this bar's reputation is ostensibly ruined because this woman is running around driving around in one of the uniforms. Mm-hmm. They'll live though. I mean, you know, yeah. it's their fault. I think they. I think she says later that they made her pay for that outfit anyway. Oh, she had to buy it on yeah. her own time. Well, you know what? Like, fuck them in that case. Right. Uh, Tarnish their reputation all you like. Burn it. That bar's a hole anyway. Uh, meanwhile, in the present with Bruce, uh, he says, I've kidnapped and dra- I've kidnapped a traumatized younger youngster. God damn it. Younger, like that terrible referee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck him. Uh, I've kidnapped a traumatized youngster and drafted him into my holy war. I closed him with care. I chose him with care. I did my homework. What? This, once again, sounds like Bruce had something to do with his parents being murdered. Yeah, like he, all of this planning, all of this stuff, and you're just driving, you're just taking them on a, him on a flight and a joyride around. What's the end game here, right. Bruce? Like, what, what was your plan? How do you know all this about him? Because the next thing he says, Dick Grayson, age 12. Area Age 12. Sick. The best I've ever seen. Top of his class in just about every school his roving, cir- his roving circus life took him to. Made black belts a few weeks before he turned nine. He's got the chops. If a kid his age could have them. If. So how does he know that? Been stalking the kid. He's, he's, he, he's yeah. like, how, what do you know? The kid's digging up all this stuff about him. You know, if I needed award if i needed like a a a boy sidekick like to help me and to hang out with me i think i would choose that kid i think i would choose that yeah that, if suddenly like, his circus parents, stuff you know if suddenly yeah. his parents died and like uh you know he needed someone to take care of him i, I think I, I think i could handle that yeah like you know it you know obviously he's he just became a black belt i mean no one would miss his parents if they were gone. So if I pay the Joker to pay Jacko Boy, you know, no, no paper trail. It's not my fault. God. I'm another kid of public service. Do you think that there would... <laughs> do you think that there ever would be, like, similarly to how we see a bunch of, like, Man of Steel de- deconstructions now? 
where there's like all these things where it's like, oh, Superman is an alien, so he'll obviously turn evil when he comes to Earth and is raised. Like, do you think that there'd ever be a story where they actually tried to examine things like that? Hey, this guy has a youthful ward and, you know, he's hanging out with them and all this stuff. And then, boom, it turns out he, like, orphaned his, he orphaned him specifically so he could do that. Do you and think that that has led to it? And then he did it three more times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you Like, like literally. You've done it twice uh, after that, because, like. Stephanie is just like a circumstance and then Damien is his yeah. own kid. But like Yeah. But like I don't know, like I feel like we've been deprived of people taking like a dark critical lens to Batman in a sense that doesn't the shit. Like yeah. if they can do that with Superman, they can do that with, You know, don't leave Batman out basically is all I'm saying. Yeah. Let him be a piece of shit too. If, if all these others are going to uh, and have their like uh, identity skewered in that sense, right? Just ugh. but they dive back into the water uh, or down into yeah into like the Gotham River or whatever. That, okay, so what's really weird is that there are like turtles and like ocean life here. They are in New yeah, York. I, yeah. The, uh, as well, uh, earlier in the uh, second issue, we had like a rabbit running around on the road too. Yeah. Like, like a lot of woodland creatures just scattered around. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Like, are, is this a Gotham that's closer to the coast? Not sure. I mean, I maybe Gotham was like right on the like. On the border of New York and Pennsylvania. Maybe Frank doesn't even know. Like, he's just like, yeah, cool animal. Like, draw animals here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I should note that, like, Dick, um, when, because he's, he's talking to Bruce here, and Bruce is like, yeah, cool, my, my cool car, the Batmobile, right? What does he say what does he refer to the Batmobile as here after it's stated that the Batmobile is... Dick refers to the Batmobile as being, and I quote, totally queer. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the wrong side of history, Rob. <laughs> we gotta cancel Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's like, damn, like, wait until, like, Tim being by hearing that <laughs> from the Batmobile computer, like, hmm. Like, you really were that hateful. Yeah, wow, wow, big brother. You and I are having a long talk. You think they ever talked about the fact that Dick in the 90s is like a total misogynist? Yeah, yeah, he really (laughs) was. That's a total pile of shit, that guy. He had a ponytail. Dick Grayson, the 90s were not a good decade for him. He did get his best costume then. But, like, otherwise, it's just like, who is this man? He becomes a cop. (laughs) That, and then you think about uh, uh, Kid Flash being a conservative as well. Yeah, it's Kid just, damn, like... It's like, what the fuck were you guys doing at Titan Tower? <laughs> Kid Flash was going to storm the Capitol. Like. <laughs> Wally West, big Ben Shapiro guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wally, <laughs> Wally West going to a Turning Point USA meeting. He's vibrating in the room so he can't be seen. He's nodding at everyone. Kid Flash endorsing PragerU. <laughs> God. Oh, fuck. Uh, meanwhile, Dick Grayson is now on the side of a milk carton, which is... Seen okay. This is, okay, before we jump into that, before we get into that, they say this happened, they say 15 hours ago, relating to what we're talking about here. When, how, how long were they in the Batmobile slash Batplane slash Bat submarine? It's... Because Dick, like, I, I, I looked this up as well, like Milk Car being like such a thing like milk carton stop being used so first of all when does this comic take place it's unclear the technology here it's a there's a lot that is unclear it's nebulous it's like naruto but then like second of all milk how did milk cartons get out with dick's face on them like 15 hours ago like this happened overnight how did milk cartons get from Gotham City to, well, Metropolis. where we are now, well, which is Metropolis? is in Delaware, canonically. So it's, like, close, but he gets... But, like, you have to make the milk. I mean, you have to make the milk pictures. Right. You have to print them on milk cartons. The individual Clark Kent, who we see here, um, cheeked up to as hell, by the he way. Is, yeah, I, I screeched out of this with Superman cheeked up. LMAO. Why did Jim Lee draw Superman with such a fat ass? <laughs> he really was just like, like damn. Like, he, he has, has to these, look. These slacks are doing a lot for him. Clark Kent with two C's. Like. <laughs> but, like, as well, he gets... Clark gets a morning edition of the Daily Planet, which has the news about Dick Grayson being kidnapped. Why so was... how did how did this milk carton get, get there before the before the newspaper did? Yeah, like the news. Like how is the news slower than the process of printing milk carton? Also, he works at the Daily Planet. Hey, he would have known that yes. this story was being written. Like, yeah, like, how is he so pissed off about it now? How is he just finding out? And how did he find out from the milk carton first? What? what and how many fucking squats is he doing? <laughs> I need to get Clark Kent's workout plan. Clark Kent's the Kryptonian cruncher. <laughs> That's right, put it work, move your ass, go berserk. Eat your salad, no dessert. Get that man you deserve. <laughs> Just throw in a couple lines about kryptonite and you'll Yeah. So he reads the <laughs> he reads the newspaper and his heat vision goes off, shattering his glasses. Fuck my secret identity, I guess. He's like, I don't need I don't need this. And what does he say to the to the response of seeing this milk carton, to the response of seeing this newspaper, of seeing an individual 
who also wears a costume, also has, you know, ties to the costume thing. What is his eloquent response to this individual kidnapping a 12-year-old boy? Well, uh, you know, I'll throw it to our, to our friend Ron Simmons. Ron? Dang! Damn! There he goes! <laughs> Fine, I mean, you know, like, Clark, very eloquent, known for very, known being very good with his work. I mean, he's he said what needed to be said there. He's a journalist! <laughs> <laughs> he writes for a living! <laughs> All he had to say was damn! Also, like... As well with this, like, can I just emphasize the fact that we're in issue three and there were only three pages with Batman and Robin on them and he's not even Robin yeah. yet? <laughs> yeah. The rest of this was Black Canary and Clark Kent. <laughs> issue four opens up with, uh, with Vicky Vale seizing on an operating table or on a gurney or whatever. Uh, why does it look like her seizure is also drawn for titillation? Because it, it like, probably is. Yeah, it feels like she is being sexualized as she flatlines here. They're like, well, if she's gonna die, we need to make sure that every. Like, I will say sure later on... Everybody can run one out to her. I will say later on there is an actual dead woman drawn for titillation as well. Yes! So. Uh, and, uh, so Dick and Bruce are pulling into, like, they're still underwater, and he's, uh, Dick goes, uh, heads up, we're about to crash into some pretty fierce rock. I mean, it can make us completely dead. Uh, you don't know anything. Hologram off. And then the hologram goes away. They are, they come up for air in the Batcave. Which, as far as Batcaves go, this is a pretty good one. We see a, a there's a Bat helicopter. As though the big T-Rex, all the different cars. Uh, He's got a dumb armor collection as yeah, well. Yeah, several suits of armor for some fucking reason. And not, I should note, not Batman armor. They're not just armor. Like, like Roman armor as a samurai suit. There's a knight's armor. Like, <laughs> I question again here looking at this, how long... Has Batman existed in this specific timeline? Because he's meant to still be like this weird guy, like this this mythical figure, like not everyone's seen, and people are still trying to figure out. But he has so many things in there, so many different bat like mobiles, the helicopters, like it makes for a cool visual, but it also kind of detracts again from kind of where this is supposed to be history maybe yeah also there was a cheeky reference that we missed uh where it says that it feels like it's been days that they've been inside the batmobile which i feel like was written specifically because of, like our issues with 15 hours ago you know and, and and the black canary thing taking place before as well like all well, of this black just canary being thing was supposed to be six months ago yeah. So maybe it's just, I don't know, like, I feel like that. We understand that you're trying to tell this story, but get back to the story that we want you to write. Yeah. 
And so Bruce goes smiling ear to ear like a shithead. He's like, pretty cool, huh? What do you say, Junior? Is this cool or what? In my head, he sounds like, you remember in Chris Evans and Scott Pilgrim as Lucas Lee? Yes, trying too hard, basically. Like that that kind of feeling. <laughs> He's pretty good, right? I let him do the wide shots. What if I like getting blazed back in my witty? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing without my stunt team. <laughs> Fuck, that movie fools. Definitely need to do definitely do for a rewatch. Chris Evans is so great in that movie. He's only in it for like five, maybe ten minutes, but he's fucking great. Him and then Brie Larson as well, which is like crazy ironic. Yeah, they ended up having like new laces on life after the movie. Listen, I think about Brie Larson as Envy Adams every single day of my life. She would literally, when I found out she was playing Captain Marvel, I was like, I had the Ratatouille like flashback. It's like, <laughs> you know, jumps back and I'm like, oh, like, you know, I get it. My, the problem is that my scene flashback with, with Brie Larson as Envy Adams is when she calls him. And, uh, oh, she, yeah. She's like, oh, like, why is everything she says so, so horny? <laughs> she is very cool. She's like, we're having, we're playing a show at least, Palace. You should so totally come. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this better not awaken something. <laughs> like, oh, it, it, oh, I won't get into it. <laughs> I will not get into it. But why is she like that in that movie? I, honestly, I feel like that kind the, of exhibits a little bit of envy. Like I mean, that's the character. Not, yeah, but they were. De but she definitely was like I'm this role. Yeah, she she took some liberties, bro. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I'm gonna go for it. Like, sadly, Captain Marvel. I don't feel like she was able to do that as much well, there. Yeah, I mean, it's a different kind of character with Captain Marvel. She's yeah. Like, hey, be like a military hard ass. Yeah, and unfortunately, like I, I don't feel like it translates over well. Yeah. Like, it doesn't translate her charisma, right? As, like people as think she's like really wooden. Like it's could. like no, she's really funny, actually. Yeah, the closest oh, well, you get is her I mean, scene in a uh, in Endgame where she goes, "You got some for me, Peter Parker." <laughs> like that's that's about it, basically. But there's always Captain Marvel, right? Stop, actually. But yeah, and Batman. <laughs> yeah, he says, what do you say, Junior? Is this cool or what? And Dick says, it starts ribbing him. He goes, yeah, I guess it's okay. I mean, I've seen better, but I guess this is okay. And Bruce grimaces. He goes, I don't like this kid. <laughs> He's so... So uncool. Embarrassing. Like, he's an embarrassing <laughs> character. Like, on this same page, we find classical music. Like, it's literally, oh, there's classical Batmobile through the Batcave. And it's like, yeah, probably Alfred had something to do with that, too. But he doesn't turn it off. Yeah. Like, he's just well, like, oh, let me look so cool in front of this kid. Listen to his classical music. And Braxes like around. He's playing Bach. <laughs> like, my guess is that, like, have have we ever seen, like, a description of what Bruce Wayne's taste in music is? Hmm. 
Because it would presumably be whatever Alfred's taste in music is. That's a fair point. I mean, the Batman is kind of describing it as like, oh, he loves grunge. Like, he is a grungy character. So I'm assuming his taste in music would be grunge. Yeah, I mean, plus, if you consider the Batman, if you're doing Bruce in his early 30s in 2004... Or Bruce in his late 20s, let's say. Late 20s, early 30s. In 2003, 2004. That would put mm. him in his late teens, early tw- his late teens, early 20s, in the early 90s. Yeah. So he that kind of fits. Fresh. Yeah. That kind of works. But also, Bruce didn't go to public school. Bruce, didn't, Bruce did not interact with other children growing up. He doesn't know what's hot in the streets. Bruce Wayne never listened to Outcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you, I think like if you played like hyper pop in front of Bruce Wayne, he would explode. Like that would be that would be his. Uh, somebody, uh, oh, Soundwave said Bruce Wayne hangs out with so many bisexuals. I just know that Paramore is playing in his household at all times. Oh my God, Dick Grayson definitely put him on. No, I'd say sure. more than that. Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown put him on a fucking Paramore. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. I'm just imagining, like, literally them... What what you got on in there? Like, you yeah. know? Well, what are y'all listening to? What's going on in here? He's like, what... He, put, he puts on Bach. He's like, what... He puts on, like, I don't know, like, like some, some classical guitar music. Yeah. Or something calming. And then as soon as he goes to bed... He just turns. Tim, music ever. Tim from the cave. So what do we like? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Tim just having a bad night listening to <laughs> This is after the first breakup, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can see and this because of the age here, Tim would have been a kid. Like using the the, the sliding time scale. Tim would have been a kid uh, when, like, if we're acting on Tim Drake is permanently 18 years old for some fucking reason, Tim would have been, like, five when uh, Infinity on High came out. Ah, that would have, that would have changed him. So (laughs) That would have made him a certain person. So he would have been, like, 10 when they came out of, when they came off hiatus. So, yeah, he definitely made Bruce listen to the fucking... Um, Bruce definitely came home one day to Tim listening to fucking Miss Missing You. <laughs> he probably made Bruce... He probably had Bruce take a tour. Yes, Tim, like, he just came home and Tim is sitting in his room, lights off, sobbing. <laughs> Baby, you were my picket fence. I mean, this now It's like, good? We have patrol in like two hours. You need a walk. Like, I'm fine, get out! With uh, brought Bruce on the phone with uh, with Alfred about uh, about Vicky's condition. Pieces of her clavicle and ribs are all loose in her chest. 
Her heart and lungs are desperately compromised. And he says, call Eckert in Paris. Get him there. He can do anything. And uh, he's like, he's a, you know how far that is? He'd never make it in time. He's like, get that clown in Metropolis to fetch him. At, call Kent at the Daily Planet. He'll take care of it. Oh, and tell him Batman considers this a personal favor. And Dick's like, what clown in Metropolis? Never mind. He's nobody important. And they cut to... So he goes, that's right, Kent. You're busted. I know who you are. And you've got no damn idea who I am. And Clark again goes, damn! And he's running across the ocean because apparently Clark doesn't know he can fly? Yeah, that's actually said... um... Bruce has this really puzzling line um, where he kind of goes, yeah, he could, he, this guy can fly. Oh, wait, but he doesn't know he can fly. It's like, like, so yeah, still leaping tall buildings in a single bounce. Yeah. Still running faster than a locomotive. But like, you know, like still like not enunciating Superman as well. Yeah. I don't think that Miller likes Superman very much. No, based it's, off it's of very justice. reverse Grant Morrison, where Grant Morrison really likes Superman. Yeah, like there was I, I wanna say that there was thoughts initially, kind of when this was being written, that maybe these things would kind of be crossed over in some way. Right. But like you can tell that there would be no universe where Frank Miller would acknowledge Grant Morrison's work. Superman. Right. Like, he'd probably look at their work and be like, what the hell is this flowery stuff? Superman's just some guy that's a good Right. He's like, like a he'll just... He's like a dork. Yeah. And so, we get a little more info on Bruce. Bruce is like 27 here. Yeah, very young Bruce here, which Me probably and... means that he's only been Batman a couple of years, right? Yeah, if that. He said, uh, he's like, hey, man, uh, first off, can I get something to wear instead of these stupid tights? I mean, tights really blow chunks. Sorry, I'm just really sweaty and dirty. I still got my mom and dad's blood and stuff all over me. And Bruce reminisces about his dying parents and holding, he presses his hands against his mother's chest because he hurts her cough and just no heartbeat. And no hope at all. He's just her blood on my hand. It'll never wash off. Never. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll see to it that you get some new clothes. I'll see you later. And it fucking leaves! Yeah. <laughs> he leaves. He leaves and he's like, yeah, you know, I have, I have things to do. Dick is like left in the middle of this cave alone with yeah. nothing but rats and rats and no bed and no nothing. Like, it feels like Bruce sympathized with his trauma. I can't, I can't do all of that. Right. Uh, then on the next page, we see Superman running with the car, with a, with a car over his head. Uh, this is so funny. It's, it's the funniest thing in this whole book is, is Superman running with his car. It's really good. He's <laughs> literally him running... Screaming damn again. Do you have this shot of whoever's in that car with their glasses? Like, it almost looks like their their eyes are just peeping out. Like, what's yeah, going what, on? Like, who's this? 
it, I am just imagining Frank's telling Jim Lee to draw. Like, can you imagine the notes that were that are like, we want, he's, he's probably like, make him look dorky doing an impossible feat. Like yeah. somehow he put that in. Uh, so Bruce breaks into a cop's apartment and beats his ass, which points from which gets po- some points from me. Uh, yeah. So what's the story on Jocko Boy, officer? It's all rigged. He walks tomorrow. Lack of evidence. That's all I know. Thanks, Crunch. Presumably, Bruce just killed this guy in front of this cop's girlfriend, who is laying on the bed uh, in her lingerie. There's no no kill rule, so I guess you kind of do. Dick wakes up. Perfectly fine. Dick wakes up in silk pajamas that are too big uh, and wrapped up in a blanket. Uh, And uh, there's just a fucking hamburger. It's a bacon cheeseburger with fries sitting there waiting for him. And then Bruce is uh, hemming Alfred up and he's like, what the hell hell do you think you're doing, Alfred? He's like, that boy will not be reduced to eating rats, sir. I was. You chose your time below. Living like a rat yourself, you chose this life. And it has chosen him. Sir, I am your butler. I am your aide. I am your medic. I am not, however, your slave. Unhand me. Yeah. And Bruce, Bruce stops away angrily. He's mad that he can't abuse this traumatized child. Right. Like, he's literally just like... He's just like, oh, but also as well, him being like, ah, uh, you know, I chose to eat rat. How, how did Alfred not drag his ass out of that cave and tell him to stop? I feel like Alfred like, tried and failed. But like, he's literally just like, no, this kid has to go through these same self-imposed terrible decisions that I made when I had some time to kind his parents were literally just murdered. You can't put him in the middle of a and force him to kill rats for food right on the night his parents were killed. Right. That's a bit much. It's like you're, you're doing a lot. He hasn't slept. Uh, we cut to five hours ago in Metropolis. Uh, Wonder Woman, hair curlier than hell. Uh, the humidity telling all her business. Yeah. Uh, is stomping through the streets of Metropolis. And... <laughs> this is really just... If you got to this point in the comic and you upset already, you are about to be. You are about to be. <laughs> uh, the narration is Metropolis, the city of dreams, men's dreams. It stinks of men. Doorways and abandoned, uh, of abandoned obsolete phone booths used as urinals, of alcohol-soaked morning sweat and stale cigarette smoke and inky diesel fumes and sickeningly sweet aftershave. And she stomps past this man and says, "Out of my way, sperm bank." <laughs> that is like that. That has stuck out to me more than the goddamn. Bank. Yes, her because like. That is a, like, because how do you introduce Wonder Woman, a character who is synonymous with love and synonymous with understanding, like this? How do you do this? Uh, with a poor understanding Frank. of feminism. 
very poor. <laughs> Frank Miller's understanding of feminism is women hate men, and that's yes. it. Yes. Because Diana is wearing her costume, but she's got like a trench coat over it. Barely covers it, honestly. Yes, like, she looks like a flasher. She looks like a pervert. <laughs> uh, so she she uh, shows up to where she's meeting with uh, essentially the first version of the Justice League of this universe. Um, yeah, can we run through the Justice League here? Yeah, so we These got mammals. Wonder Woman, Superman, Green Lantern, and Plastic Man. And that's it. Yeah, that's all. Presumably, you would assume Batman is like, like they asked him and he said no. And but like it, it seems like I I disagree with that actually because it seems like they're very. They feel like Batman's a part of their community, but they all like him and they don't feel like he should be in this sort of quote-unquote exclusive club of the Justice League of America. It feels like Plastic Man, well, because Plastic Man says, let's bring him in, I think he's cool. Uh, And Green Lantern is, uh, this is Hal, the lamest Green Lantern. Yeah, by Uh, far. (laughs) <laughs> which Bruce takes him to task over that later. But he's like, uh, he's like, look, uh, we should just try and talk to him, you know? So maybe he's just watching out for, cause they're looking at the picture of him throwing, uh, throwing Dick into the car. How'd they get that picture? By uh, the way, uh, I, I thought Vicky took it. Well, Vicky was Vicky. Remember, Right. But like, I would assume that the time period where she would, where Bruce had encountered Robin or Bruce had encountered Dick and threw him into the car was when she was knocked out, when she was had when the car had, you know, flipped and she was already injured. Yeah. So you know, just I, I guess, like you know, yeah, it's unclear. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, so Superman's like, we have to bring him in to the to the authorities. Hal wants to talk to him, and Plastic Man's like, let's then let's have him join the team. And uh, Diana's like, shut up! You call yourselves men, and you you call yourself a Superman, kowtowing to, uh, to these ants, dropping to your knees before these earthbound ephemeral humans. Turn him over to the authorities. Talk some sense into him. Take a vote. You make me. So- <laughs> Very much a born violent today is one D in this comic. Yeah, uh, my my note for Wonder Woman is uh, I quote I woke up too moody. Who gonna die today? <laughs> She's not having any. Wonder Woman listening to Tay K in the car. Yeah, <laughs> she put on Young Boy. <laughs> She walk, Wonder Woman walks like she listens to the young boy in the sky. When she goes to sleep, she dreams about murder. For real? <laughs> I go to sleep, I dream about murder. Uh, <laughs> and so she's like, Clark's like, shut up. Guys, stop talking. 
plastic, man. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Diana, this isn't getting us anywhere. We have a situation. It's complex. Cooler heads than yours have to prevail. Uh, and she said, make yourself le- useful, Lantern. Take my coat. And throws it, and Hal catches it on a hanger. What a lame ass, man. What a loser. What a dweeb. I gotta say, it feels like of all of the characters in this, on this page that Frank Miller somehow has the respect for Wonder Woman out of any of them. That I is think a scary he, thought to exhibit. I think he likes Plastic Man. Why else would he include him, I guess? Yeah, because Plastic Man's like, doing bits this whole time. He's just being like, oh, we, you know, he, he's literally got... He could, if he could get a bag and eat it. Yeah. And so... Wonder Woman says, you want cooler, farm boy? I'll give you cooler. I'll give you cold. Cold and simple. We hunt down this Batman like a rabid dog. We kill him. We chop off his head and plant it on a stake and present it to your authorities as their first gift from the Justice League. We announce to all the world that we police our own. If none of you are man enough, I'll dispatch that psychopath myself. And then Clark starts yelling, which feels wrong. He goes, damn you and your Amazon arrogance, which does not feel like something that... It doesn't feel like Superman. He's it feels, he's feels like re- me sending a DM to Jeff Bezos zooted at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like... Like, I don't know if Frank is trying to be like... Alien person. And every so often the mask slips and he's not... Like, you find... you. Realize that he's not all. That he's not he all be. like yeah. He's not, you know, Mon Pac. He's Homelander. Yes. He's Homelander before Homelander like exists in the form that he exists. In. Right. Which is like, again, such a weird reading of Super. Like, if you're gonna use these characters, why not use feel familiar? Right. So people understand it because this is a batman and robin like even all-star superman when they use cameos from other characters like it was usually in the superman family and it usually was characters that kind of represented aspects of superman's like story whereas here it feels like frank is just like i wrote these characters quote unquote so well in the dark right this feels like dark knight returns superman actually now that you say that, well, it's meant to be in the same universe, actually. Yeah, like, okay. Canonically, I was wondering that's what that. it is because I was yeah, thinking like, the whole time I was reading this. This feels like a prequel to the Dark Knight Returns. Well, they um, there's a bit where we'll we'll get to it when we talk about specifically reference a scene from Year One uh, okay. when he's talking to a character. So that is like this is meant to be that, but at the same time, it's kind of like. Setting these characters as this young, this early, and having this same level of cynicism, same level of lack of appreciation for kind of the... Like, if you'd have done this in The Dark Knight Returns, it'd be like, okay, Superman's seen the worst of humanity. Maybe he... And you could sell that. Whereas here, it's like, Superman can't even fly yet. And he's already, like deep down he's not like as good as he should be 
is what Frank Miller is trying to sell. And that's... Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. I don't like evil Superman. I don't like dickhead Superman, you know? Yeah. That's what. I, that's why I was like, you know, evil Superman, super hyper, misandry, like Wonder Woman. Like, Batman almost always gets written with his flaws being like a cool thing about him. But like, when you look at like Superman and Wonder Woman, like their popular recognitions, like I almost have to think about I forget which um, movie this is. I think it's one of the Kill Bill movies. But like, like, there's a Kill Bill movie where it's like, yeah, Clark Kent, where a guy just says a monologue where he's just like, yeah, Clark Kent is just Superman telling humans how stupid they look, as opposed when he like puts on those glasses, he's making fun of all. And it feels like Frank Miller's like, oh, that's actually what it is. And Wonder Woman, because she's from a place of all With women no of course she would trust no men and right. of course she hates men no understand looks down upon them and finds them all repulsive and disgusting and it's like yes yeah. i feel like that's a critical misread of her character uh, there's just so many critical misreads of characters like here including what we get into with this whole fight which is wonder woman basically being like oh you know superman is this you know, super idealistic, super terrible person. But then she's like, oh, you know, but, you know, he's kind of sexy, though, and makes yeah. out with him. Yeah, she's like, I hate you bastard. I hate your guts. I hate your guts. You make me sick. You make me sick. And then they start making out. Uh, my note here is, I hate you, Jody. I love you, Jody. <laughs> 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 literally like i frank basically being like oh wonder woman is going to attract a stupidly powerful man is again like i was like you had you had me lost me <laughs> yeah a lot of writers like the idea of pairing these two off they did it at the start of the new 52 they did indeed and they did it for a while and yeah, it, one like, of those things that kind of surprised me. It stuck because I can see how to like a casual viewer, a casual reader, the idea of Wonder Woman and Superman or Wonder Woman and Batman appeals to a lot of people. The idea yeah. of granted, I think the idea of superheroes dating each other as opposed to dating normal people appeals to a lot of people in a lot of different ways because it removes the pesky oh, my significant other is always in danger, I can never truly be myself problem. It's like the, the, the problem with Invincible, right? That he's yeah. lying to her the whole time by not telling him who, telling her who he is. Um, or like Ultimate Spider-Man, where Peter breaks up with Mary Jane because she's constantly putting herself in danger. You eliminate that plot contrivance, and you can now explore these new dynamics of these characters interacting in this way. But it doesn't really stick well when it's, two characters who have long-time established love interests. What helps, I think, when you're doing Superman and Wonder Woman is that because people a lot of the times don't consider Steve Trevor, people don't think about Steve Trevor, you can feasibly say that Wonder Woman's love interest is one of these two. The problem is yeah. that with Superman, it's Lois Lane. Yeah, exactly. And to make this like a power couple kind of thing, 
often leads to them embracing kind of the non-human aspects of them. Like, even in New 52, what they were together was they did a lot of, oh, meet the he fight where he's hanging out with God. Or, oh, you know, like, you know, my Kryptonian character with gods. Okay. Like, uh, her her family in New 52, she was, she was much closer to God. So, like, or, like, with Superman and Wonder Woman as well, like, they did, like, a Superman versus Zod and Feora. And they're yeah. like, yeah, okay, this is our way to explore, like, his more alien origins instead. But there's no tie to what makes Superman Superman, which is the humanity of it. And there's no tie to Wonder Woman being, like, you know, a character who's kind of out there and existing and, and, and being who she is. So... It is one of those things where it's like, it feels like the easiest choice to make to pair her with Superman. I would say Batman, like, if I was, if I had to pick between, find a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Plus, they're, like, I think a lot of people have nostalgia for them being a thing in Justice League Unlimited. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of a way. That doesn't make the two that doesn't kind of put them in roles that don't like you know suit them elsewhere. Like with Superman, you always kind of have to. Be, Lois just doesn't exist, or she has right. like some long-term boyfriend instead. Whereas like with Batman and Wonder Woman, I mean, you know, even though I personally don't see this as being like my canon ship or something like, uh, or my 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 OT. OTP, but like, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, at the same time, like, has this sort of, has hidden doubt that he only kind of shows to people that, like, he's interested in. And then, like, Wonder Woman is this kind of, brings, brings out the best in everybody. Right. Character guy. You have, like, it's, it's a very guarded person versus person who people feel vulnerable around. It's, uh, you know very dark it's uh it's like i said in the runaways episode with uh, carolina and nico dark person and bright person yeah it were it works conceptually but like here again we're seeing the worst kind of interpretation of superman yes a couple, where it's just here is this woman who of course because she hates all men if she's like disturbed by enough power like uh, i i skipped over this part here like you know her him doing the whole damn you and your Air, amazon arrogance is him slamming like a pipe so hard that like everybody in the room yeah and it's like oh here's this sort of foreplay for wonder woman right that she's this being overpowered by a man yeah and it's just oh well frank like you know wonder woman can have her own need yes ears and have her own perceptions Without you kind of just coloring it in a way. She hates men until she sees a man. Until she sees a man. And then it's like, what? A strong, hmm. powerful man. That's what she needs to whip her into shape. Like. Right. And, like, after the kiss, Superman also is kind of just like, hmm. Like, he kind of reverts. She really is nice to know her, sort of. And it's like. Well, what Hal kind of looks on twisted. Hal looks on in like embarrassment and disgust. <laughs> yeah, 
he looks like he's seen something he shouldn't. Which yes. honestly, the way that this is approached is very twisted. So I guess I don't know. Good job, Jim Lee, for making this seem weirder than Frank Miller was willing to. Yeah, because Hal is like turned away with his hand on his head when she leaves. And Superman tells him, like, no, she really is very nice. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, in the present, Bruce Wayne loves being the goddamn Batman. We know this. That was the exact note I wrote. <laughs> because he told you, he says in the narration, I love being the goddamn Batman. <laughs> I should be exhausted. This man. He's, like, cackling. He's like, I should be exhausted. I, I should be exhausted. I haven't slept in days, but I can't get tired. No matter how hard I try, not a night like this, and with my pulse pounding my ears, and dear Gotham talking to me like a sultry siren, I leave the Batmobile parked in a back alley off Giordano and Adams. That's taking a chance. Some loser with ideas might spot it and get himself electrocuted trying to steal it. That'd be damned inconvenient. But I've got no choice. I can't stay inside the car tonight. I can't stay inside anything. Not tonight. The wind off the river rips across the rooftops. Fish smelly and cold as all hell. Twenty stories below me, some idiot leans on the horn of his Peterbilt. Some two, some loon two blocks behind me laughs and calls to Jesus. It's a beautiful night. It's a perfect night. It's a hunter's night. He says this like three times. Yeah. I swear that it's a perfect night. It's a hunter's thing else. You call that? Like, that feels... Like, I've heard that said before. And I'm wondering if it was used in The Dark Knight Returns. It sounds I know like that, The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I know that The Dark Knight Returns recently animated. Yeah. And I remember seeing trailers, like, pretty distinctly. So I'm wondering if, like, that line stuck in my head because of the fact. So another tie to The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Yeah, I am not sure. Uh, it sounds like it's something that's in there. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can always come back to this. It's just my brain is trying to desperately connect this to better comic books. <laughs> like I'm, I'm my brain, like it's it's so frayed. Uh, All Star Batman, and I'm trying to find something originally trying to find something good. to make it good. It's like, um, it's a so Batman is perched on a on the side of the buildings. A woman screams. What the hell? I give with the laugh. That always works. He comes in. <laughs> it's so upsetting. It's upsetting in a completely. I'm sure he's trying. It. It just feels to be like the sad, like what has happened to Batman experience. Who is this, Who is this man? Who is this? He's a. No, not him. And Bruce proceeds to beat the shit out of these guys. He, uh, he breaks this dude's arm, kicks another dude in the face. The guy's like, oh, God, my arm, my arm, my hand. Why can't I feel my hand? Why can't I feel my hand? And he's like, it's called a compound fracture rapist. It'll never heal. Not right, it won't. Not nearly right. You remember me every time the air goes wet and cold. Arthritis punk. It'll hurt like hell. <laughs> this guy, the other guy's like, What? What? Bruce goes, what? You're asking me what? He's like Steve Austin. Like, what? He's like, what? You're asking me <laughs> what? 
who is this? <laughs> and then he goes, what? This. And then started, literally he said, just beating the shit out of this guy. And while he's beating him, beating this guy up, this woman that he saved is Yeah, the woman very, he saved from being assaulted in this alley. Is very, very vested in. Like, yeah. she's getting splattered with blood. She's, like, watching, and she's literally... Yeah, she starts smiling as the blood hits her face. And she walks over to the guy who is, whose arm is fucked up. He's like, it's starting to really hurt. I think I need a doctor. I really need it. It's really starting to hurt bad. Help me, Mama Sita. He's like, I'm not your mama, bottom feeder, and crunches his nuts. I've got Batman watching after me. And he says, good girl. You go home now. Catch a glove. Catch a cab on Novik. It's well lit. Call your shrink if you got one. But don't call any cops about this. They're useless. They're worse than useless. True. Yeah. And he goes, yes, sir. And don't call an ambulance either. These creeps will survive. But I want them to suffer a pain that will last our lifetime. Yes, sir. And he goes to grapple away. She goes, thank you. I love you. Nobody loves anybody, my darling. We just survive. Frank Miller, please get out of the Sin City brain. Please get out of the Sin City zone with this. This feels like Sin City. This feels like him trying to do Daredevil again. Yeah, it, it feels like all of this stuff, like, and again, like I said before, this is just this and then also Black Canary as well are both characters that are completely influenced by this whole super violent Batman that if the narrative that we're trying to head towards is supposed to like work the way it's supposed to with Dick changing Batman as a character, like it feels weird that we're setting up all these things where all these people are so hyped and cool with the goddamn Batman. You can't when... be telling me that he's cool, but also telling me he needs to change. One of these two things can't be true. Exactly. But it seems like there's more evidence being expressed towards he is cool the way that he is more than, you know, Robin is going to change him eventually. Because right. anytime he's shown, anytime Alfred's shown to stand up to him or anytime Dick is shown to do something that kind of triggers him in a way that leads him to being a little bit more responsible, he immediately goes off and does, you know, very much the way that he's been acting the rest of the comic. Right. And so he says it again, another storm. Cool. What? Cool. <laughs> cool, whatever, man. Yeah, why the fuck is everyone rocking damn? <laughs> Goddamn Batman! Swinging from the roof. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh... Cut to Alfred looking cut, looking lean. Yeah, this is very sexy. Very sexy Alfred here, I will say. Right. What the fuck? Alfred in these very short shorts. Barefoot. Like, he's just wearing, like, his boxers, I guess. And just hitting the bag. Working out. And he's like, Bruce has never been right. Like, he's just like... Just doing a Hank Hill, that boy ain't right. That boy has never been right. Yeah. Uh, he His whole little monologue here 
where he talks about kind of how Bruce has been someone that he's known his entire life. Bruce is somebody who kind of is like, I don't know, not like normal. Yeah. But like one of the things he says is he talks about how he how he was his black-eyed, brilliant, willful angel is what he refers to him as at yeah. one point. He says, the exact word is, there was something always, there was always something about the boy, even as a toddler, something dark and wild behind those eyes. How many days, how many, how many a day, how many hundreds, thousands of time, day or night, did my black-eyed angel come, my black-eyed angel come home from his frolics in the wood, blood streaming his smiling, fearless face? He was always an adventurer, Bruce was, always jumping and running and giving himself a proper banging. And oh dear, Martha was always beside herself, the way she'd fret as I patched him up. She'd fetch her inhaler and speak of getting the vapors, even as her son giggled and laughed and prattled on about his latest escapade, chasing a frog or a rabbit until he'd slip and until his little head would strike cold granite. In the wee hours, I checked on him and changed his dressing. Martha would always be there holding his hand, her eyes wide and wet with a mother's worry. She never knew him. Not until the last split second of her life. Not until Zorro, the mark of Zorro. Which I would like to say, um, if they really want uh, to get crazy with the new Batman, um, with Robert Pattinson, he should have. They should be leaving seeing a screening of the Antonio Banderas Zorro movie. Oh, that would be sick. That would be fire, honestly. Yeah, that's that, that's uh, the best movie, in my opinion. We're going early 30s Batman. He would have been a kid when that movie came out, so it would track. Very true. Um, and so he's like, he picked this kid to be his protege. I pray this child will survive this. I pray my master has not gone mad. Uh, Dick grabs a fucking axe. <laughs> God. That's the cliffhanger for this book. Yeah. This Dick is, is in the back cave. He and he's like, yo, him. I have a cool axe. Yeah, he's because he is also Robin <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the way I, on the start of issue 6 I really like that all through this comic whenever uh, we did get a close up of Bruce in the cow you can see his ears through the cow mm, like, yeah that's true the silhouette of his actual face underneath the, the, the hood and I think that's pretty cool um, I think that's a Jim Lee uh, that's thing. Jim Lee thing I that's remember cool. that being something that was used in some of his other work too yeah because jim lee did a lot of the promotional like the idea with the new 52 was that jim lee was kind of the art director of everything yeah so everything kind of was in this jim lee kind of style he set everybody's new looks and people would go off that um so batman's beating up some more dudes by the docks when suddenly uh a motorcycle whips up out of nowhere and it's Black Canary. Uh, he says, just what I need. Some amateur showing up out of nowhere. She'll, crazy kid, she'll get herself killed. She'll get herself killed. What the hell are these damn wannabes coming from? Uh, three hours ago, uh, we see Barbara Gordon, age 15, listening to her pops, uh, talk on the phone, uh, she's, listen she's listening to her dad who's just happening to be on the phone with the woman of his dreams while his wife sits in the next room texting somebody yeah this is so this is distinct because this is Sarah 
this is distinctly the year one time. Yes. Because Sarah is the one that he's talking about, which is police captain that he cheated on, on his wife with yeah. in year one. Yes. Uh, they also mention James here, which I think is the first time he's been right in any comic since Jim, year one Jim prior Gordon to Jr. the Black Mirror. Uh, his son, yeah, uh, yeah, James Jim, Gordon Jr. Yeah. yeah. Um, you might be right. He comes that. back in the Black Mirror as like an actual character. But, like, here is, like, yeah, okay, like, I completely forgot that James Gordon Jr. was a character, actually, until, you know, Frank Miller, the person who created him, kind of referenced him here again. Yeah, oh, you know, he's uh, he's also in The Long Halloween. Oh, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. that's kind of where the whole, he's not, that boy ain't right kind of comes from. Right, yeah. Directly. Uh, and then... Yeah, yeah, he doesn't come back till till the Black Mirror. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just double checking that. Yeah, he he's going until the Black Mirror. Um, I love Jim Lee's Barbara. I I did make a note of that, which is I think Jim Lee's teenage Barbara is adorable. Yeah, uh, it I, is very youthful, very kind of. It exhibits like this kind of character that they're trying to show, and as well, like um, I was looking at some of the variant covers uh, for this. Like, we'll get to the costume a little bit later, but like the way that Miller kind of designed this costume, like it feels very representative of Bar of this Barbara, this kind of very youthful character, very kind of. You know, nonchalant in some ways. Yeah. Almost kind of too smart for her own good. Yeah, because she's trying to bullshit her dad. Uh, which is like the whole point of this. Is that it's like... Uh, never have a detective for a dad. Never have a detective for a dad. Not unless you're really good at bullshitting him. And always throw in a smile when you're bullshitting your dad. And she's <laughs> on the phone talking about... Yeah, this bad man thing. The media's having a field day. All about that kids he's supposed to have kidnapped. First of all, I don't want to buy man. I don't think he'd do anything like that. I got a whole different pro. I learned for for two fucking years. He would fucking do that shit. Uh, I, got whole, <laughs> I got a different problem with the goddamn Batman. What? No, it's nothing. Knocks the crap out of cops either. Hell no, it's not that. They're Gotham cops. <laughs> True. Uh, he's like the goddamn Batman has become a goddamn urban legend. He's inspiring copycats. Some of them are just girls. Some of them are young enough to be my own daughter. Really, it's that bad. Cut to Barbara. With a fucking grapple hook. And she's putting on the Batgirl costume. Which I like the black and yellow Batgirl costume a lot. Yeah. And this is a really good take on it. Because it looks like she took like some old pajamas and sewed them up to make this costume. It feels very sort of handmade. And like the yes. charms hanging off it. Like yes, I really like it having like a bunch belt. of superhero stuff off of it. Like, yeah. like I said before, it feels very youthful. Has this kind of interesting little uh, take on. Right. Also, I would like to say her mask is doing nothing to hide her identity. Oh, oh, for sure, definitely not. <laughs> her hair is out. It's barely. Like, hey, are you the commissioner? Like another cop sees her and is like, "Is that the commissioner's kid?" Yeah. <laughs> 
And she runs into Harvey Bullock and he's like, hey, Barbara, what's going on? Where's your dad? Why are you playing dress up? She, I will say that like one of the sort of drawbacks for it, if it was going to be a costume later, is that it definitely does feel like a very dim. But that kind of fits with the Barbara that they are trying to show here, as we'll find out a little bit later. Yeah. Um, in a little over her head, in the sense, you know, is kind of what this conveys. Right. So Jimmy Olsen gets a message from Vicky Vell. 16-year-old Jimmy Olsen, by the way. Q reporter for the Gotham, uh, cub reporter for the Gotham Gazette. It's very weird to see teenage Jimmy here. It's double weird that teenage Jimmy is in Gotham. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever acknowledged him as being a character exists anywhere other than Metropolis, really. Right, yeah, like, I can't think of him as, if any time he was anywhere but uh, but Metropolis. He runs, he's running into the hospital, um, and uh, he's like, Olsen just got a message from Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale, he can't believe she even knew his name. Olsen, only the, probably the most gorgeous babe in journalism on the whole planet. He's, um... Miss Vale, I got a message that he said was from you, and he brought flowers with him. He says, Mr. Olsen, thank you for coming by, and thank you for coming so quickly. Don't like that. Yeah. Don't establish that he's a child and then make it weird and horny. Oh, well, this is kind of the thing that Frank Miller, he's trying to do this sort of wish fulfillment thing where, wouldn't you as a teenager, wanted to be doted on by an adult. older woman, yeah. Yeah. Like, he even, even where he's kind of like, oh, like, uh, she calls him Mr. Olsen. And, like, there's a, there's a note there that Jimmy's, you know, he doesn't correct her because Because he he kind of... Because he gets off on it. Yeah. Yeah, the the exact thing is, uh, because there's a lot of these flowers in the room. He drops the flowers that he gave her in the trash, which I think is a funny... Yeah. I think that's actually really funny. Yeah, um, you can't compete with Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, he says, uh, "Did you bring? Were you able to fetch what I needed, Mister Olson?" He says, "Yes, ma'am. I downloaded everything we've got on the Flying Graysons, Dick Grayson, and the Batman. It's all here." He says, "Thank you, Mister Olson. My column just got a reason to exist." He says, "He should just tell her to call him Jimmy. Everybody else does, but he really gets off on the breathy way she says Mister Olson." He tried. Uh, uh, and then it's just Jimmy being horny for the next page. It's just like he tries to yeah. get off her. He really tries. He says, you can fetch my clothes from the, clo- uh, from the closet. A housekeeper dropped off a fresh set in a nice enough outfit with no blood on it. And then you can get me out of here. Uh, it says, but ma'am, excuse me, you're due to stay here for another three days. He says, you're a journalist, Mr. Olson. you got to learn how to take chances. Uh, he gets her clothes for her. He doesn't watch as she slithers out uh, of her hospital gown. He doesn't watch she get dressed. Really, he doesn't. But you see him look and then look back. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, back at the, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, back at the docks, uh, Black Canary's like, lads, you never know it, but I used to work in a saloon. It was a pretty crappy joint. I attracted all the wrong types, and you know how it is with liquor and loose tongues. Well, one customer, one fine night, said he was in his cups and. Got talking, bragging is what he was doing, to speak the truth. Turns out the good man was a fence, a seller of stolen goods, to be precise about it. And did he have a mouth on him? 
all puffed up he was, lying, laying on about how there was a particular stretch of shoreline where a man could sell anything, and for a fine good dollar, the man said, uh, so who the fuck is this? She sounds like a leprechaun. One of these dudes looks like Wolverine. It's very weird. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> like, he's hunched over, he's got the sideburns. I feel like Jim Lee was kind of just going back to places that he'd been before. Jim Lee taking the yeah, literally, this issue is second uh, bi-monthly issue that came out. The second bi-monthly. So while, so while all the rest of them prior to issue five were on their own schedule, this is when he actually is kind of, okay, I'm committing to drawing this and releasing it on a regular basis. And I feel like after a certain point, he was just like, all right, well, I have my other responsibilities. Fine, Wolverines in this book. Why not? Yeah, uh, what the guy, one of the guys is like, "This is gonna hurt bad, love chunks." And then she pulls out like a, it's like a three-section staff. Yeah, and just Liz. breaks this dude's face. Uh, and like she's standing over one of the dudes uh, after she knocks him down, and she's twirling it over her head. And the guy goes, "No, please." She says, "Oh, oh yes," and just knocks the shit out of him. And then robs him. Big, big fan of taking people's money. She, she got rid of to all the rest of the people. It was poetic justice that not This is just, she's just, just being playing a dick. Streets of Rage now. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, whatever, to the dock. Yeah, first you then you fight in the dock. Then you go to like, you know, a and you're finding a like a glory. Yeah, a penthouse. Um, so, five minutes before this, Bruce tracks down Jocko Boy, uh, who is uh, still seeing, still hallucinating. Um, I fed Jocko Boy some nasty snake poison last we met. Lord only knows what he's seeing. I can only hope it's playing down off. I should wait until this good officer's cleared the scene, but I don't. And he, because a cop is taking Jocko Boy out of jail. Bruce dive kicks the window and yells, Ha! Eat glass, lawman! <laughs> I read this, I at this point, at, I just stared at the page. What are we doing, man? At this point, you kind of have to laugh. I'm not batman this character is like this is just frank miller being whatever like i am gonna get bits on he says ha eat glass lawman (laughs) it's like literally he's just like the clint eastwood thing he worked he worked himself in shoot like he's like Jocko Boy goes, blah. He says, blah. What's with blah? I'll give you some talking to do, Jocko Boy. Why is he getting angry at Onomatopoeia? Yeah. Like, uh, you just dive kicked a window, man. Like, between this and the what thing before, I really Bruce will just attack people just for breathing. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what I'm trying to get here. Yeah, that this is the Batman that everybody thinks Batman is. Yep, for better or for worse. And so, uh, while Canary gets shot out, Bruce steps in to give her a hand and 
She says, oh, sweet Jesus, it's the goddamn Batman. Okay, do you think that Frank knew at this point? That do you think that, like, he... Yeah, like, it's it's been long enough since the second issue came out that it could have been... It, it, it 100% had become... So do you think, like, he kind of just was like... Well, well, I had a little bit extra. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta put it in every issue now. Because people like it. It's like, no, people don't like it, Frank. They're making fun of it. Yeah. But he's like, no, like, maybe people... I mean, this is still one of the highest... Right, So yeah. maybe he's like, oh... Yeah, he's like the morbid curiosity. Yeah. When it relates to this, will we'll likely lead them... To memeing more pages of like he's writing this comic the same way that some people wrote like comics in like you know d like marvel comics in the mid 2010s where they're like oh here's like some ship art for example yeah. here's like a picture of the winter soldier shirt for an right. this will make people buy my comic it's, it's people doing the you've got to give the people what they want exactly <laughs> And this is not what people want. Right. What, as far as Frank is concerned. They should just let Excalibur do the narration on these comics. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, a comic Could you imagine Excalibur, like, comic Excalibur book? Excalibur and Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruce proceeds to break a bunch of bottles of bleach uh, and set off a road flare in them says let me get taken to school suckers in chemistry and this guy's like it hurts because they're all on fire now he's like you don't yeah. learn from hurt either you wads you wads yeah. fuck off wads? wads what the hell is a wad seriously I, I got you i got no clue your guess is as good as mine also, as well, he says more weird shit. He starts calling them all. Like, he calls one sweetheart. He calls one, one boy, boy of mine. mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's literally just like, I'm gonna run around and I'm gonna say a bunch of shit. I'm like, Frank is just like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, Black Canary is like, he doesn't stop. He doesn't spare a one of them. Not a one. Before I can even catch my breath, there are a bunch of bleeding, burning heaps they are. And God help me, here I am, thunderstruck in love with the man. The goddamn Batman. Okay, we get it, Frank. We we get it. It's a meme. Like, we understand. <laughs> Bruce knocks We understand out. that you know. Yes. Bruce knocks this guy out and says, sleep tight, princess. And don't you go messing again with any Gotham City girls. I won't, I swear. And she goes, has anybody ever told you, my good man, that you are totally hot? Not for the last few days, no. Consider yourself told. And they start making out. Great. This <laughs> is... This is, again, Frank Miller's... His agenda. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Batman doesn't have to just be the coolest, violent character. He has He's to be the, to be the coolest, coolest, sexiest. Yeah. This, it's you know how Persona games are all wish fulfillment. Yes, this, this feels, is this is this is Frank Miller's Persona Four. Yeah, this is Frank Miller basically being like, 
none of them are going to show up on, on Valentine's Day and beat me up. Yeah, yeah. This is Frank Miller going, and then the model, the 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 idol, moved to town, uh, and I saved her, and now she's my girlfriend. Frank Just... Miller, big Risa guy. <laughs> I don't want to know his picks in these games. Ooh, Frank Miller engaging in waifu wars? Oh, man. Oh, no. That would be hideous. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's already shown us his, uh, through the span of this con. Yeah. He, you know what? I feel like Frank Miller would be very big on Marie. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> like, think about it. It makes sense. All right, so, like, Frank, like, more than I think about it, Marie feels like a character designed by Frank Miller. <laughs> she's the prettiest, and she's mysterious, and she writes poetry. And then, oops, she's the goddess Izanami. Very, very much like, here we go. Like... Yeah, and also she's in love with you. Yeah. Gotta, gotta give the people what they want. You have to give the people what they want. <laughs> in this case, Frank Miller, uh, uh, people who have all the, like, sorry, what word was I trying to think of? Um, I don't want to say that she's a Mary, uh, uh, but this Batman is definitely <laughs> Yes, this Batman is a Mary Sue. He's the he's the hottest and the strongest and the coolest and all the girls want to fucking raw on a dock. Yeah, him being like, oh, nobody said I was hot. Days. Yeah, nobody he's said I was hot. To in make a few him days. Oh, brother. Yeah. This, oh, and brother. This guy <laughs> stinks. And then the two make out on the pier with the masks on because better that it's better way. that. Yeah, we keep our masks on. It's better that way. And she, he says, you need to ride I guess. Home. You need to ride home in this rain. You'll freeze yourself to death on that Harley. He's like, what? You've got a car. You're the goddamn Batman. You need yourself a goddamn car. Sure, I do. I'm not the only one. I'm not the one who can fly. Although that idiot doesn't even know he can fly. Batmobile, find me. Very good, sir. Right away, sir. Batmobile? Not one word. I've taken enough grief about calling my car the goddamn Batmobile. I'm the goddamn Batman, and I can call my car whatever, call my goddamn car, whatever the hell I want to call it. This is the apex. This is the apex of him realizing the meme. Like, this is the point where he was like, they're gonna love this. The, they the love- is, He's right. I do love this. I think this is hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious, but it not in the way. Not the reasons he thinks it's just to think, yeah. Because he's definitely like, oh, people clearly like this because of the. But no, people liked the goddamn Batman line because it's so weird and yeah. like you can't imagine Batman actually. So like him, him doing a word salad of goddamn, talking about his car and the Batmobile and himself and all that stuff. It reads as so weird and petty, especially after you've had sex with a woman, or at least made out with her yeah. on a pier. Yeah, not not one word. Like it seems, it's really petulant. 
It's like, he yeah. becomes like a total child here. And maybe, in a weird way, that's what we were supposed to take from it. Like, the well, only way any of this story makes sense in regards to Batman is if Frank Miller was wanted to, on purpose, write Batman to be the most petty, petulant, juvenile, fucking man-child that he can be. So that well, you don't think he's cool. I'll say this. This issue is my favorite mm-hmm. that came out. Because it definitely feels like between kind of what, you know, what you've said, it does kind of mesh. After this, like, you have this bit where Black Canary's kind of like, like this guy's a little weird, isn't he? Like, and it specifically expresses to him that he needs to kind of get out more, basically. Yes. Yeah, also, different Batmobile here again. Oh, yes! I don't have a picture in front of me. This Batmobile is a fucking Lamborghini. It's... How... Why is he using... I mean, okay, you could make a case that he was using different... Yes, that these are different cars. But not when he was driving one issue to another and it changed. Like, I feel like it's just Jim Lee... Just doesn't remember what the Batmobile. Yes, it's like, well, draw the Batmobile. Uh, and <laughs> Canary tells him, "You know, you know, you, you know, you're a fine man, Mister Batman. A right hero you are, a hero to be sure to anybody with clear enough eyes to see straight. But here I am wondering, should it ever cross your mind, if I may be so bold to ask, to ask, does it ever occur to you that you perhaps could, perhaps you could find a wee benefit from speaking to a person?" or two now and then of course not while you're so busy punching somebody senseless and he's like shut up all i'm trying to say is that your perspective on things might be might find itself a tad bit readjusted with the occasional conversation with somebody somebody that you're not punching in the face that is he says i'm doing fine and you talk too damn much just what i need damn tough tough love from some crazy irish chick i put her from county monaghan by that accent nice enough voice but she's cheeky pushing her luck nuts to that she's got a right to say whatever she wants she's got a right to say whatever she wants she's got the right thomas jefferson and all that and she's dead right to say i'm half crazy but only half the other half is doing just fine three f's by the way uh in thomas jefferson uh in the issue that came oh my god that was initially released that's still there in the dc universe infinite version is it really because i i read I read a scan of the single and read yeah. like Yeah, I'm reading it from, from Infinite. That's the version they uploaded. Three Fs, for God's sake. Yep. <laughs> Please proofread. Just a little bit. Uh, we come back to Dick in the cave, feeling small. He's sitting there in the dark. And, he's a, and he has just killed a rat with that axe. Cut it in half. Uh, and then immediately thrown up. And so Bruce kind of marches in. He says, Grayson, front and center. I brought the man, I brought you the man who murdered your parents. And his fate is in your hands. You can't, you can't hear me, can't you, boy? It's time for you to decide. Are you an Avenger or a detective? That's yes. the wrong universe. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I hear you, sir. Thank you, sir. Give me his name. They call him Jocko Boy Vanzetti. He's done a lot of things, Jocko Boy has. None of them good. The 
these days he's a trigger. You wouldn't know that term. It's an old one. It means if you give him money, he'll blow the brains out of anybody you'd like him to. Dick asks, does he have any family? Nothing human, as far as I know. You got a choice to make, and you have to make it now. Avenger or detective, what's it going to be? And Dick stands there for a second, raises the axe above his head, swings it down, and cuts the tape off Jocko Boy's mouth. And a good portion of his cheek as well. Yeah, cuts, like... the, cuts the shit out of him. And he's like, you little son of a bitch! He's like, you'll talk when I tell you to talk, you bastard! And just kicks the shit out of him. And Bruce is just sitting there watching, like... Leaning on kind of the leaning. car! Yeah. <laughs> he's like, alright, let him get up, though. We'll have to work on that kick. If Jocko Boy had a gun on him, Grace would be left wide open. But the boy can jump. I'll give him that. He's got a mean drop kick. Very, very Bob Holly. Yeah. Very, very... He, he, he's got the moves. He's, he's got it. Just Bob Holly, Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, Okada, Dick Grayson. Great drop kicks. <laughs> All timers. Uh, and so... Dick... Uh, <laughs> Bruce is like, hey, good start. But uh, one of those kicks was a mess. It could have gotten you killed. Shut up! All right. It's like Kurt Angle. <laughs> I guess Char like Kurt Angle yelling at Charmel. Shut up. <laughs> I guess when he's he himself has been told, it's his right to be like, no, damn, I, I need to talk now. Yeah. <laughs> he's learning the wrong things. He's like, this could this could be a long night, creep. Save us both some trouble. Who hired you? Jocko Boy talks, and I don't like his answer. Not one bit. And we see the the, ish, the image for the next issue is a, it's a uh, a playing card with a Joker on it. Yep. We sh issue 8. We're in the home stretch now, people. Uh, issue 8 opens with, why does the <laughs> my note about this cover is <laughs> why does the Joker have a, <laughs> have a Yakuza tattoo? Yeah, I was hoping that that was some sort of cover thing, but he actually... He actually has it, well, yeah. Which... Got... Why is he the dragon of Dojima? I, like, why, what does this do for the joke? <laughs> or shit, like... Literally, the Joker's just gonna... The Joker's a big weeb. I like the idea that the Joker watched, like, Tokyo Godfathers or something. <laughs> or he played Yakuza yeah, and was like, oh, Majima is here. Like, that that's me. Like, yeah, he was like, hmm, this Majima sounds a lot like me. <laughs> he's like, well, but here he's it's just so cool. The Joker as a Kiryu... Uh, Kiryu Kenny is like I hate that I hate that sentence <laughs> he's gonna go to like I don't know he's gonna the Joker hanging out in Sotenbori too yeah <laughs> let me go over and let me like greet people <laughs> basically yeah. yeah what's his What's his game? He says, uh, 
narration from the Joker. I don't like that. No. Gotham. He says that he's only happy when it which yeah. is like hideous. Gotham City cries. Gotham is an ugly city, full of shame far beyond redemption. She's a sad old whore, but she's beautiful when she cries. I love her when she cries. I love her only when she cries. He's only happy when it rains. <laughs> He's only happy when the sun... So this woman is in the bed and she's like, I was joking that maybe you slipped something into my drink. Don't like that. Yeah, I mean, if she's willing to joke about it, whatever. But yeah. Frank, come on. Yeah, like, it's, it's bad Frank thing. Miller, a big fan of uh, of Rick Ross, clearly. <laughs> he heard you and you know it was like, this is my people. This is my right? guy right here, Ricky Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to add Frank Miller was in like his 50s when that song came out so the idea of a 50 year old white man hearing Rick Ross say what's the exact lyric hang on I gotta, I gotta get this he right he put something in the drink of, yeah. yeah something like that yeah you don't even know it yeah 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 uh, uh, hold on something like uh, I took her home enjoyed so, that uh, she don't even know it like yeah 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 put molly all in her champagne she ain't even know it i took her home and i enjoyed that she ain't even know it <laughs> so the how do you ruin how do you ruin your entire how do you ruin that song there it's it a is good song. how yeah. how would you do a verse on a song with future on it and you are the most problematic person here jesus yeah that is a scary thought future <laughs> a man who i will remind you i said earlier a man who wrote a song where the hook was i'm trying to fuck the da in the mouth how do you come off more fucked up than that guy yeah how do you come off more he fucked just... up than Future. They were doing bets. They were like, hey, you know, who, who can sound this oh, shittier? Watch out. Future said, Future once said, if sexing on the late night mean that much to you, my love don't mean that much to you. Fucking these hoes meant too damn much to you. I just hope that when you, you finish, he can say that he loves you. Now, do you feel better about yourself? Do you feel better about yourself? Did you feel better when I left? How do you sound worse than that guy? Yeah, come on. How do you sound worse than mark my words of a ball without you? I came home last night to a menage, got my dick sucked, and I was thinking about you. <laughs> he said, got my dick sucked, and I was thinking about you. I was fucking on a slut, and I was thinking about you. How do you sound worse than that guy? <laughs> the mixed messages of future. Future is the most interesting. Listen, he is could, a very interesting person. I could write like, uh, I could write a dissertation about like future and uh expressing your pain through drug use and partying. Yeah. He feels like someone that could have his own like just on his own just on his actions and not even counting like sort of the behind the scenes thought. Yeah. Like yeah. his his words and his he music. You just write a documentary about things he said on the page. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, so this girl says, "I don't. Even th- I just we just met. I don't even think I got your name." So they call me the Joker, but I'm not very funny. I hate that, by the way. I always hate when the Joker's whole mo is, "I look like this, and I can't even." Right, I'm not funny. Like, no. Like the whole thing is that he's like. <laughs> All the time. That's the point. Like he, ha- he has to at least have some sort of comedic edge to the way he does things. Like if he's not going to be a good... They've done Jokers where it's just like, oh, he has knives. But he has situational... Right. Like Jack Nicholson's Joker is like a weird fucked up clown. Who robs but people like, dressed as a clown. And cracks yeah. shitty jokes. But, like, even if you want to go hyper-realistic, like, with, uh, for example, um, the Dark Knight version. Like, yeah. he's not someone who's like, oh, you know, I'm driving around in clown car stuff. Yeah, he's but, like, like, you can look Joker. at some of his I'm actions. The, right, I'm the wild card. I'm the one you can't predict. I can do anything. I'm the Joker. Yeah. But, like, here, this guy just is like, well, you know. Frank is just like, oh, as, like, a... Uh, as like a subversion to that, I'm just gonna make this absolutely miserable. Just miserable, like, boring, depressed Joker sitting in this shitty building listening to the Pixies. Like you play, where is my mind over this whole thing? Basically, he feels like he's in a music video. Yeah, that was. Uh, just, wasn't there somebody else called the Joker who poisoned the water supply a year back? That was me. I was just getting started, but that was me. But enough about me, Donna Gugina. Let's talk about you. You're a woman of some accomplishment. You're an attorney of much repute. A crusader. This woman fucked the Joker. A, a, a lawyer looked at the Joker and was like, no, 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 no. I gotta, I gotta put it on him. What? All right. It's that Pete Davidson syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> By most accounts, you're a remarkable woman. I admire you. I really do. I love you in my own way. My own special way. She says, no wonder they call you Joker. The things you say. I mean it all, Donna Gugina. Every word. And I do love you. In my own special way. So, More Joker. repetition. Yeah. So, Joker man. How the devil did you learn my name anyway? Let alone my whole damn resume. I know everything there is to know about you, Donna Gugina. I picked you with care. There are many people who are going to miss you. Many good people. He just socks her in the face. Uh, this The tawdry thing, we just... Ugh, fuck. Man, reading this feels dirty. The tawdry, yeah, that tawdry I... thing we just did with each other in this bed was nothing. and It wasn't even sport. This is love. In my own special way and he strangles her with her own tie yeah like he seduced this lawyer so that he could kill her. so that he could fuck her and then kill her yeah uh, so that uh people would miss her it's unclear why he would do yeah that. i think that it's just showing that like He's a, a misogynist. Yeah. He's a sick person who does not like women. And we'll see a little bit later, like, some more stuff about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> that well, kind of makes me feel like, oh, you know, like, maybe 
and should avoid him if temptation. Yeah. Uh, also, he's wearing red eyeliner for some reason. Or is it red sure. mask? I, it's very weird, but it's it's there. I want to say that that's something that Jim Lee's drawn before, because I remember um, in Hush, uh, his Joker looked very distinctive. It's like a final page where it looked like the Joker had killed. I want to say Jim Gordon, and like he's standing over his body, like over his body. And yeah. like his eyes are bare. so I I want to say that that might be... it might be just a Jim Lee thing, yeah. Kind of make his eyes pop out a little bit, yeah. So the Joker gets dressed and leaves Donna's body there and tells uh, you know, there's really no two ways about it. There's a half naked Nazi woman, yeah, uh, with so Axis symbol pasties. She she has got swastikas on her on her nipples. Uh, she's standing here shirtless, le- latex gloves up to the bicep, thigh-high boots, leather pants, no shirt, swastikas yeah. on the titties. Again, feels wholly unnecessary. The sad part about this is, is that this is, I want to say, The Dark Knight Returns, where uh-huh. this character did exist. Yeah. So Frank Miller's just kind of saying, oh, like, without, I want to make sure people remember that this is, I, I so, want people to realize that this is a send up to The Dark Knight Returns, that this is a prequel. Yeah. But like, you could have very easily just kept doing like what Gordon said in the past or just yeah. in general stuff without like, this could reminding be us this character exists. Yeah. This yeah. could have been anybody. This did not have to be this woman. Yeah, just a. Um, but as we'll find out later, Frank Miller's uh, comments of decency are not a, not great. Yeah. Uh. So uh. Dick asks, "So who's this Joker guy?" And Bruce says, "He's a very bad man, a psychopath." Do you know what a psychopath is, Grayson? I'm not sure you're up to polysyllables, <laughs> which is <laughs> rude. He's twelve. <laughs> He's just kind of like he's ribbing this boy for no reason. Yeah. He's just like, well, you know, he's, he's gonna I can't make him scare change him. in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> make him go put sand in the monkey boy's car. Uh, I'm starting to like this little snot. I always been the smartest kid in the class, but Grayson, he's something else. Uh they're like, look, Joker's a serial killer. He sometimes kills people for profit, sometimes for pleasure. But there's something else going on with him now. He's up to something new. I haven't figured out what it is yet. You're using this slob to murder your parents as what, part of whatever he's up to. He says, so you don't know. Let's get to work. And he's like, I'm working solo. You're not ready. You're not tra- trained. That spinny kick of yours is from hunger. It'll get you killed in street action. You don't even have a, you don't even have a mask. Christ, look at you. And, That's kind of your fault, Bruce. Yeah, like, get yourself a costume and a mask and we'll start talking. And Dick's like, why a mask? Why do I need to wear a mask? I mean, a costume is queer enough, but why a mask? Again, Dick Grayson. Hashtag, examine your personal biases. Yeah, yeah, man. Hashtag Dick Grayson is over party. I Bruce's whole perception here where he basically 
name. He needs to find a mask. He needs to find a costume. Like, he, all he's done to Dick so far is leave him in a cave. Well, leave him in a cave with dangerous weapons lying around and basically be like, well, grow up, I guess. You know? Yeah. He, like, is, was there anything that you could have done to basically say to this youthful ward that you've seemingly had your eye on ears to kind of like set him up like you didn't make a right. you didn't set him up in a position ready to kind of be like you know your sidekick or your protege you're just like well come up with your come up with it yourself kid like yeah you can think of like bat boy or the bat kid or yeah, at least have a template. Like if he if he looks at it and he says the costume sucks, then at least you had a template. But you right. don't. You have nothing. Right. You want him to come up with it on his own. And immediately after going, I like this kid. He's like, oh, he's driving me nuts. I hate this kid. I gotta get away from him. <laughs> uh, and so he drives away. He's like, find a mask, find a costume, figure it out. Uh, and then he drives out and is suddenly greeted by a signal in the sky from Green Lantern. Yep. The Green Lantern symbol, which I kind of like that, like, Hal was kind of just like, what? Like, let me, let me, yeah, let me do this. Like, because <laughs> again, like, Miller and, and most people on perception of Hal, like, Hal is not a character really anybody likes yeah exactly people don't really like so having him be like as blatant and as kind of like having him lean into the kind of thing where how person who's just ah you know i'll put up a symbol i'll throw pies at people do stuff like that with you know i i feel like it gets a little bit too malicious but i like this where it's just like what's the easiest way to find batman just shine a symbol up at the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be <sighs> Yeah. You know, as far as plans go, it's not his worst. Uh Bruce picks a uh, Jocko boy up, throws him in the river whatever this is. Yeah. He's like, you creep, the Joker's gonna rip you a new one! He's welcome to try. Hey, how come there's still maggots in my throat? Your condition is permanent. You're, you're never going to get better. Welcome to hell, Jocko boy. Forever! <laughs> like, there's like, also a... There's a note at the bottom that says, yeah. we can't print Jocko boy's response due to standards of decency. The response demands... An an anatomical yeah you can print goddamn but you can't print you know f you or whatever yeah Yeah, basically so dick it apparently has a uh penchant for archery picks up a bow thinks about robin hood and yeah uh, i I kind of liked this scene, honestly. Yeah. I liked kind of him kind of imagining himself despite all that has been happening here. Like, he can still kind of imagine heroic, like, 
tinge to it. Yeah. And like it also kind of mirrors the whole Mark of Zorro thing cuz what is Batman based Zorro. based off of Zorro? Right. What is Robin as far as he wants it to be perceived going to be based off of? Oh, a movie that he watched when he was young, a Robin Hood. Right. Uh and so he asked Alfred um he said, "Hey, I don't know who you are." Uh but you're the man who's been bringing me food. Thank you for that. Um, I need some tights and a mask and a cape with a hood. Uh, and one thing that I made a note of here is that he can... Ca- he Apparently, they traveled all across Europe because he can specifically pinpoint where Alfred's accent is from. I... I mean, you know, if you're a circus, I guess, like, that... Kind of makes sense. Yeah. But like traveling, I always assumed that the races would travel. Yeah, I guess my Not brain like never across the world. Europe. My, I guess yeah. in my head they were always like a traveling across America circus. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. But you know, he's well traveled. He's he's got he's got it going on. Yeah. Man about town. Uh, and so. Bruce goes to meet up with, uh, with, uh, Hal. Uh, he uses a, that synonym for slow again. Yeah, more of the R word here. Let me just say, at this point, my brain was kind of just beginning to lose it. Yep. Like, I wrote here specifically, there's issues. <laughs> Hold on, say again. I said, I wrote here that there are two more issues. Yeah, that was I was getting I was like, so. Fuck. I think by issue six, sick. I was like, "Fuck, wrap it up, man." I was getting so sick of Miller substituting any form of writing to edge. Yes, because keep in mind as well, like All Star Superman's first volume, like the first several issues of All Star Superman, bring out by the. Yeah, like All Star Batman and Robin outpaced it. But now they're kind of both on the same level as far as release schedules. Right. So people can literally see, like, oh, you know, like, I, I want to say that the issue where um, uh, Paquette passes in All-Star Superman comes out. Yeah. And that is, like, something that is, like, the maturity that's expressed there, like, the idea that Superman can't save everyone. You know, kind of this level of realism. Despite being Superman, he has limit well. Whereas the realism that Frank Miller is going Is that everybody is always calling everybody slurs all the time. Exactly. Like, that's all he can do. That's his only... Yeah. And I'm I'm getting very sick of it. Yes. Because, uh, like, the thing is, too, is that, like... How do I put this? All-Star Superman is, like, actually a mature story. Yes. This is pretending to be like it's like a a thirteen year old boy's idea of what mature is, right? Like it it almost feels like like it's like Frank Miller's kind of just coast off of what he believes will be will sell. Yes, like he's like if I put a bunch of swear if I put a 
Yeah, it's a Batman, but he says all the bad words, and he's so cool and so strong and so hot, and all the girls want to fuck him. Oh, yeah, man. People are going to eat that up. Yeah. How did this not kill the Bat God, like, mythos, by the way? Like, how how do people read this and still think that Batman being this cool character who is power-skilled, like, to fuck and can beat everybody and you know, everybody falls for him. Like, this is literally written for those people. Yes. For better or for worse. Yeah. And if you can't read this comic and tell that it's a bad thing and not kind of just think, huh, maybe Batman should have... Like, if Batman's just this edgy guy, who's, then it'll be terrible. Like, how do you look at this and not go, maybe he should have some more complexities. Yes, maybe there should be some more depth to this character. Yeah. Um, and so he just, he shows up and he taunts Guy a little bit. And then the narration is, or not Guy, Hal. He's like, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. The ring of his is the most powerful known weapon in the galaxy. If he thinks something of it, just plain happens. That makes him the Milky Way's top cop. His alien mentor was looking for a man of superhuman will and a man without fear. The mentor's job description for Hal didn't seem to factor in smarts. He's dumb as a post. I see more intelligence hockey pucks. This clown makes oversized egg beaters and mousetraps and vacuum cleaners when he can set the whole world straight with that ring. What a damn idiot. And then this is more like, oh, Batman's like this fucking teenage power fantasy. Such yeah. a damn waste. He's worse than Kent. Whoa, here comes a big flashlight. Very inventive, Emerald Crusader. How does he know all of this? How does he know about... I, I forget the alien's name, but how does he know about... Yeah. ...ring to, to Hal? How does he know Hal's name? How does he know any of this? Well, how, I'll, I'll, at least knowing their names, that's like, oh, I'm a detective. I just know everybody's identities. Because remember, he does, that in, the, uh, he does that in the... He does that in Justice League Unlimited, where he just looks at everybody. He's like, you're you, you're you, you're you. And I'm me. But a portion of that was because he known them for, right from acted with them, them for long enough. Right, like here, it just feels like he's just like oh, in my spare time, I'll super, and I'll learn that he can fly before. Right, and I'll learn that Green Lantern, you know, had an alien mentor passed on his ring. Yeah, and like, I'll learn all know this that stuff. Superman can fly when Superman has not done it yet. Like how it almost feels like. It almost feels like, um, like, like Miller's kind of just like, okay, I want to write these, I want to write these brutal takedowns. Yes, I want to write these commentaries of these characters more than I want to like actually write them. Yeah. So instead of having these characters like identity, like it would be interesting to see Bruce be put up against a character who he knows a good portion about. But the fact that he knows everything about Hal and can so brutally take him down this way, like, it just feels like it's like, oh, you know, I'm better than, you know, he's just like, he's just running. Yeah, I, he's just doing guy, MJF I don't care. I'm better than you yeah. know it. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting here, too, with dialogue is that He's written to not swear, and he kind of, like, refers to, like, he's, he's like, Batman's a meanie, in a sense, in a sense, where he's kind of like, oh, like, he doesn't swear, he specifically, they're, like, separate, uh, which I kind of like for how 
dorky. Like, I kind of like it as a thing. But it doesn't mesh with how being the earlier on was like, maybe we can talk to him and make him... Like, he doesn't seem idealistic here as much as he seems just like some moron. And like, earlier he didn't seem like he was meant completely. He just seemed like he was a little too good for... Right. Yeah, it just seems like a fucking goody two shoes dweeb. He's like, yeah. what a creep! I don't like think I like this guy at all. <laughs> so much for wanting to convince him to. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Gotham's East End, Catwoman, who looks great here, I don't think Jim Lee has ever drawn a bad looking Catwoman. No, all of them look great. Oh. He he was kind of the pioneer of her, like her costume. Yeah. Wow. Uh, who's the artist? I can't think of it, but there's an artist who always draws Selena like uh, like Audrey Hepburn. Hmm. I'd have to look it up. Actually, I I don't recall. The, like that, I, I could not tell you who it is, but he um, he uh, he always uses a, a picture of Audrey Hepburn as his reference for Selena. That's kind of interesting, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's always good when characters have like this defined. Um, it certainly helps in situations like these. You know, I can definitely tell the similarities between Jim Lee's Batman and Jim Lee's Bruce Wayne as regardless of when he's drawn. Yeah. Um, like in this and then even in Hush, similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she talks with uh, the Joker who's like, I'm up to some mischief and I don't. I wonder if you care to join me in it. Uh, just up to some shit. So they they they're plotting while this yep. is happening. Bruce arrives home, and an arrow is shot at him. Uh, from uh by Dick Grayson, who is now calling himself Hood. And he's like, my my dad was always making me watch some old movie about Robin Hood. That's why I became an archer. So call me Hood. And he says. You know what any thug with half a brain would do with that hood? And grabs it and uh, just pulls it over his face. (laughs) Very. Lose the hood. Very quick. Yeah, he says, check this out. What? (laughs) (laughs) So I want to say, because this is the only shot we get of the hood costume. Two things. One, this is so close to Damien's first Robin costume when he's not actually Robin yet. Like the yeah, he wears during Battle for the Cow. Wasn't it like I don't think it was Jim Lee who uh, the original uh, uh, the Grant Morrison run uh, where Damien was introduced, but like it kind of feels reminiscent. Yeah, yeah, he took all these clothes, he took like all this stuff and cobbled it together and got his own, put right. all this stuff together. Like I would say that there is a through line. Which, you know, strange as it is, how many sort of little interesting things fed from this comic that should be forgotten to other things. Right. So, at the start of issue nine, that cover, we finally, for the first time, nine issues in to All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, we see Robin the Boy Wonder. Yep. I... 
I want to bring up the variant. Yeah. Like, uh, actually, as well. Uh, but because it is genuinely. Like. Genuinely what? It is genuinely frightening. Like, Neil Adams, uh, who is someone who is, is a very, like, strong, like, history with, um, with Batman. Like, he's drawn some seminal runs. He's drawn that really famous, like, cover where uh, Batman's, like, in motion. He's running costume and everything. You know, he's someone who is very well, very heroic Batman, in my opinion. Oh, you mean the so, from issue eight? Right. Um, issue nine is something that Neil Adams here, and actually, it is possibly one of the more terrifying fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, have a quick peek <laughs> here. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, but, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that's ugh. so. This cover is Batman is in the background, reading some notes or something. And in the foreground, you have Hal Jordan charging his ring, which Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, is also someone's nose. Yeah. He's bleeding from the nose. He's bleeding from the mouth. And around his neck, like, is Robin, who's choking him out with a big smile on his face. Yeah, Robin, who's putting him in, the, in a fucking rear naked choke. With a smile, with with a massive, and it's just, it's a very visceral. Scares the hell out of me. Yeah, it's very weird. I don't. What the fuck's going on here? The actual cover is pretty good, though. Yeah, they are kind of homaging Batman, Robin kind of thing. Yeah, they're both covering their faces with their capes, and there's a Green Lantern like. Yeah. Um, so it is one of those things where if I saw this, like, in a store, I probably would buy this because it feels the most, most you know, an interesting Batman. Batman. Yeah. Which is ironic because instead of that, we get whatever happens in this. Yeah, the first thing you see is Batman covered in yellow paint. Even his teeth. Talking to Hal Jordan because he was like, hey, you fucking idiot, meet me over here. It's like it's shame how it would be. It's shame to expose one of my safe houses. Now it'll be useless. But I've got dozens around town, and this one's rent wouldn't amount to a valet tip. Hell, it'd be worth ten times the rent just to get a chance to knock the snot out of Green Lantern. This guy really grinds my gears. He's got a power ring that can do anything he can imagine, but that's his whole problem. He's got the imagination of a goddamn potato. He makes giant green fishing poles and mousetraps when he could well put that ring on my finger. And just as a warm up, I'd send a few tidal waves just in the just the right directions, knock out a few enemy fleets, then get started on drinking some real firepower to most to a nasty ground war or two. Then maybe I'd spank Superman's butt back to what's left of Krypton just for laughs. So, listen, I've been criticizing how everyone and their mother. Has been criticizing Hal Jordan's choice in things he does with the ring for years, for generations. It's a the rite of passage at this point. Right. It's weird for Bruce Wayne to be doing it. Especially like they've done Bruce Wayne wearing rings before, and he hasn't been able to use Wilbur based rings. Like right. in um the Jeff Johns uh Green Lantern comic, uh, which Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Shriver especially 
persona non grata for me. Yeah, yeah, but two like, total dickheads, those two. But they had a bit where Bruce wore the Green Lantern ring, and he tried to use it, and one bat. And wait, what, so it's what? like one bat. Like yeah. he shot one tiny little bat, and that was the shoot. So it's like you know already I'm kind of like listen, Bruce, like slow your roll, like. Right. I don't Again, know why like you're doing a teenage boy going, "Ooh, look at me." Yeah. Like look at how great Bruce Wayne is. Like Miller basically going like if the world would be fixed, right? Yeah. But because Hal Jordan has it, you know, it's just some guy who's going to hit people with like it's funny for fans to It's weird for people boxing gloves. Right. Yeah. Also, like, what I'm going, what I'm getting at with Hal is just, I feel like this whole issue is kind of a takedown, is kind of like an editor Miller-based takedown of Green Like, and it makes me wonder if Miller was able to write more comics if he was going to do whole Batman just embarrasses Wonder Woman or yeah. embarrasses Superman for an entire issue. Like, is this entertaining to people? Like, right. this is entertaining to me. I, it is slightly entertaining. That will fail. But, like, I almost imagine him basically... I'm gonna write an issue where Batman seduces one. God yeah. forbid. Or I'm gonna write an issue where Batman basically, like, I do... I prototype... My Dark Knight Returns fight, where Clark is too stupid to realize that Batman's, like, super good at his job. And it just feels like, from a reader's perspective, like, this is funny from a reader's perspective. Bruce paid it, Bruce with the Gucci Man limit. <laughs> In this fucking scene. Bruce and but like from painting a- this entire room yellow to negate Hal's powers. But, like, literally, as a writer and as someone who is tapped in, I almost, I I don't want to say I feel sorry for Miller, but I definitely feel like, man, like, why is this entertaining to you? Why do you yeah. think that this entertaining readers? Why did you put this readers? on the page? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they've painted this entire place yellow to fuck with Hal so that his powers don't work. Yeah. Uh, Which, by the way, at... Which, by the way, as Robin is painting, uh, Bruce refers to him as having fast hands and a big. Don't, Don't really like, like that. that. Don't like that. Not uh, a fan. And he says it very wistfully. His fast hands, my little Robin. Fast hands, yeah. big mouth. I'm just like, man, like. Come on. Please. He says, uh. Dick does have a good joke here. He says, the child, there's child labor laws about this sort of thing. This is exploitation of a minor. I just like when you stick some fat bureaucrat on your ass, big guy. I don't think I won't. <laughs> that feels very dick on. Yes. As writing goes. Uh, these motherfuckers are walking around <laughs> drinking lemonade out of yellow glasses. Uh, this is funny as hell to me. This like is it, so funny. He's got the, the golden glasses. Robin's got like a gold. Robin's got like a yellow painted, like a painted like ice cream cone, and like you know whatever yellow ice cream. Yeah, like a banana like, sherbet. 
they're literally like they don't have to. They do. Like they don't have to walk around with ice cream. They don't have to drink. They literally don't have to do any of that. But they are. They're doing it to be dickheads. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Bruce or Bruce and Hal argue, and Hal's like. They'll bring us all down because of you. They think we're all crazy as you are. You've already got half of them thinking, calling us criminals. And he's like, of course we're criminals. We've always been criminals. And then uh, they start fighting. Hal punches Bruce a couple times. Dick starts pouring more lemonade. <laughs> I There's a line that we missed, which is Hal screaming, damn you and your lemonade. Damn you and yeah, damn you and your lemonade. <laughs> Like, again, the meme aspect of, like, it's peak at this point. But damn, is this, like, very comic reading. And so they fight for a sec, and uh, Dick goes, Hey, guess the man wants to fight after all, boss. Here's some more fresh squeezed lemonade. Thanks, kid. (laughs) And he takes more lemonade from him. He takes some... (laughs) says... He says, and there's the kid! Right! Perfect! You can't have a 12-year-old boy in flagrant violation of the law dressing up as a teen sidekick! You're out of your mind! Says, Excuse me, I'm not sure I get you, Hal. <laughs> Robin goes, he's a rube. Oh, come on, you're trying to tell me that boy isn't Dick Grayson? That's exactly what I'm telling you. This is not Dick Grayson. What plan have you been on, Hal? I don't know what game you're playing here, mister, but you kidnapped Dick Grayson. It was all over the papers! I rescued Dick Grayson from a pack of corrupt cops. I admitted him to a trauma clinic. They kept his identity secret to avoid undue attention. Figured the boy had been through enough. <laughs> yeah, Rube. Says he made his first public statement yesterday. It was all over the papers. <laughs> and it cut yeah. to Dick yesterday going, Yeah, sure, I was scared at first. Batman's really scary, but he's nice. Bruce and Dick gaslighting <laughs> is... Like, again, I feel like, every, like, if we'd have just reviewed this issue, yeah, I feel like it would have had some value because it's like, this doesn't have baggage of the previous issues. Like, it literally is, just, for most of it, it is some weird and wacky nonsense fantasy where Bruce paints himself yellow. Including his teeth and his tongue, so yes. that he doesn't get manipulated by the Green Lantern. <laughs> Say that to anybody, and you'll. And so they start. They're just laughing at him. They're just making fun of him. He's like, it just doesn't wash. It's too much of a coincidence. He says, "You must have bribed everybody at that clinic. I wouldn't put it past you." And he's like, uh... "He says, but that would have cost a fortune." So maybe you're rich. Uh, for all I know, you're a billionaire. I see that car you're driving. He's got a point there. Maybe he's right. Maybe I am Dick Grayson. Don't try to confuse <laughs> me, damn it! <laughs> Literally just Hal just tripping over everything. Like, yeah. it's, it, it is kind of fun. He's like a... Or as like a perception goes. He's like, this young man isn't my sidekick. He's my protege. I, took, I met him on a, six years ago on a trip to Istanbul. And then he just starts cracking up. He's like, I'm sorry. I, I had this whole thing ready to lie to you. He's like, look, I don't know you. I don't particularly like you, but you wear the ties. It's got to count for something. I can't just out and out lie to you. 
This much you can't believe. He's not Dick Grayson. He's got the fastest hands you've ever seen. He's a little whirling dervish in a fight. He's like, go to hell. Say, hey, where's that ring? Dick goes, hey, where's that ring of yours, Mr. Green Jeans? And then Hal looks down at his hand, realizes his ring is gone, looks back over at Dick, who is holding the ring. Dick slip and slide, like baseball slides through his legs. Uh, tosses the ring to Bruce. And then he, like, monkey flips him? Kicks him in the face, and then gives him, like, a cane throat thrust. Yeah, he he whoops his ass to begin with, and Bruce is initially very impressed. Right. Which is like, yeah, he's 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 very impressed, which by the way as well training sessions in between him becoming Robin and him, you know, kind of coming up with the costume and then him becoming Robin. I would have liked to have seen that, but also when did it take place? Like apparently the cave for how Hal and Bruce made plans to meet up in safe house. Like, probably the day before. It was the day before. He said, so, like, meet me here in 12 hours. So, in 12 hours, Bruce has effectively trained Dick to be a killer. <laughs> and also, Dick has got, they got this whole, like, an Abbott and Costello act going. Yeah. Like, they literally have planned, they, not only that, but painting the whole safe house yellow. Right. Getting all of the glasses. Getting all of the all of the stuff this bit, plus training, plus making the Robin suit. Time is a sliding scale in Yeah, it's a, it's train, a rough please. twelve hours. It's, it's very weird twelve hours. Uh Bruce realizes, oh shit, oh fuck, you almost killed this guy. They managed to save him. Uh and Bruce is like, I need uh, oh fuck. I, I have not done right by this kid i blamed it on him but that that was on me so they go out he takes him out to the graveyard uh where where his parents are buried and he says you need to find them and say goodbye and they he finds them he cries bruce holds him and he's uh Bruce says, we mourn lives lost, including our own. This is a great way. Like I like I said before, if you were to have just done this issue, and then maybe a few of the other ones, like you could kind of see the through line. But I'll be completely honest with you. Like I feel at this point, like Miller's kind of bargaining here. Like he's kind of just like, oh, you know, I realize that I've got, like, I realize that, like, the all-star line hasn't sprung up the way it should. There were other all-star books planned. There was planned to be a Lantern book with Jon Stewart. There's planned to be a Wonder Woman book. None of those other books material. And all-star Superman, you know, it's all but over at this point as well. Right. So I'm almost wondering if Miller's kind of, well, damn, they're probably not going to let me write this if I like, so I really have to kind of and and kind of I get to a point in. here. Yeah. Now I will say as well that, like I mentioned before, this was the last issue that was 
included in the original trade paper right. for this comic. It was only when the absolute all-star Batman and Robin got removed that, that, issue, 10 that issue 10 was included. So I never read this to, you know, uh, me going through this here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a weird thing to do. Like, how does that end up happening? So, like, so this is because of the fact that the original comic got delayed a whole bunch. So it was originally supposed to come out in April of 2008, I want to say. April of... 2000 april of 2007 or april of 2008 um but then it ended up getting delayed to all of the same year jesus and then it ended up getting delayed again to same year well now the reason i note the date specifically but the problem was is that as we'll find through there is a lot of censored swearing that's included a yeah. lot of censorship based on sort of the swearing. I, I'm not entirely... Maybe it's because Frank was like, I'm going to more serious things to further edge this up. In the issue that was released on storefronts on September 10th, none of these things were censored. So you got to see the word fucking and the word shit and all that stuff in a DC comic book. Which did have a label to kind of say, oh, kids shouldn't. But is still against the standards as they're released when it comes to writing a Batman comic. So then the issue got recalled again and then only got again uh, a couple of weeks afterwards. Jesus. So because of that, the issue didn't get released in favor and largely is kind of referred to as like lost issue because as we'll find here this is not exactly the best sort of way to wrap up the all yeah yeah story time it's i mean the thing is issue nine the way that issue ends feels like it would be a good point to end on except there's this massive untied thread with the joker that you have to go through yeah there's a lot of untied threads but if like, if you were to kind of say, okay, we end it there, we come back when we're ready, like, we kind of just take a wholesale break, because clearly we can't work schedule, and clearly this comic is like, wait, let's just take a break, let's just reevaluate, reassess, come back with a strong finish to the comic. But, like... Instead of that, they were like, okay, we're going to keep releasing. Something happened to the 11th and 12th issue. Came out. Right. But we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously get to that yeah. once we've discussed this train wreck. Yeah. So uh, uh, one week later, uh, it's the dead of night, and Commissioner Jim Gordon is sitting on the docks, uh, like at a shipyard, and he's like, you know, I've been reading a lot about that Superman they got over in Metropolis. Lane's been eating up every front page of the planet with that exclusive interview she got out of him. 
She probably dusts enough her mantle to make way for her Pulitzer. Never make, never mind her million-dollar book deal. It's quite a series. That man of steel turns out and he's anything but an introvert. Can't say the same for this Berg's caped crusader. Just try and get a word out of him. It's like pulling teeth out of a, a pissed-off shark in our Batman to talk. But Superman, he talks about his powers, his planet, his blown-up or his parents has blown up planet everything even talks about where he spends his spare time so place around the north pole i think he calls it the fortress of solitude when i a lot of us have our own places like that maybe we'd go crazy if we didn't it might be the corner saloon or a spot in the woods that nobody else visits or a forgotten stretch of timeless waterfront like this one when i walked the night beat in my chicago days there was nothing but a stretch of nothing or there's a stretch of nothing a few blocks from the Caprini Green Projects. I did that stretch at 2 a.m. sharp. There was nobody, nothing there, nobody, just one boarded up still in front for another. Just me and a whole lot of nothing. I came to love that stretch. Also, it's... He's just talking to himself here, I should add. Yeah, it's very, again, I feel like Frank has kind of just decided to settle in Sin City. Yeah. Writing a bunch of words means that I am... Yeah. Like, I mean, and then it's revealed that he's talking to Batman. But he's just talking out loud. Like, he's just kind of... Right. Let me shave the Batman while he's saying... No, he's there. And let me, talk, let me talk about the Fortress of Solitude. Let me tell this story about... When, let me, like, do all this stuff. And I'm just like... Like, at this point... At what point do you not... The pictures can speak for themselves. Like... Imagine if this part was just, there were, like, I don't want to be, like, you know, armchair kind of editor. But imagine if we'd seen all of the no overwhelming words. Like, Gordon's just there. He's on the pier. He drops the little note. Uh, Batman grabs it. And then he runs off with, like, that would be so much more effective trying to convey here. As opposed to further confuse by just having Gordon like talk about a character who's not important right. in Superman. Yeah, and so uh, he says, uh, "This brings me to young officer Stavros and that piece of cardboard he brought me tonight, and why I stole it. He's just a nightbeat cop, and like I was." Uh, and it's a, a flashback to uh, this cop runs up to Catwoman in an alley. And he's, uh, she's like, you need to get this to Batman. Says the Catwoman cramped this Catwoman handed a wad of crumbled up cardboard to young Stavros. She seemed to fall backwards, but that was a trick. She slipped into the shadows like another costume nutcase I know who makes a habit of doing. I looked at Stavros's report, the piece of cardboard over. It was a note written in blood and didn't make any sense. Just one lunatic in tights writing to another. Not worth my time or a nickel of, pack of taxpayer money. Not worth a damn to anybody. And we see Batman is underneath the pier and he catches it and says, the first time. He says, you, you said it, cop. Not worth your time. Not worth a damn to anybody. But us lunatics and tights, we've got a way of looking out for each other. Let's go, kid. And so Batman and Robin... Uh, run off for the very first time we see batman leaping into action together at 
opposed to menacing Green Lantern. Yeah, it's supposed to and it's the Green Lantern. And it's the final issue of this run. Yeah. Uh, they yeah they run through the sewers and uh, end up hitching a ride on a train, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks genuinely. I will say that genuine. You see jumping around. You see. Yes, there's a lot of really good like, energy on this page. Finally, it feels again, like I said before, it finally feels like here for what it came for, and right. it feels like if they trimmed a lot of the earlier comics, maybe we didn't need Black Canary. Maybe we didn't yeah, need what like, the fuck was all the that point stuff that? with the Justice League. Yeah. Well, it's to show, you see, like, it's to show this point that may or may not need to be made that, like, Batman is influencing Goth to be right. crazier, basically. But then it's like, okay, again, Batman is trying to be different. So, like, is there, was there intended to be a point where to look at and despair in a sense? Right. Uh, and so, uh, they finally find Catwoman. I hate this. <laughs> Catwoman yeah. is beating the shit. And, uh, she's like, what she meant was this is the place where they had sex the first time. A sweaty, dirty, glorious mess. In as the, described by Bruce. Yeah. And what was his first bad cave where he lived on rats? Jesus, I didn't catch that actually. Yeah. Like, you think that maybe he was literally gonna have sack futon in the middle of a sewer with half eaten rats around. That's God, hideous. God, these people are disgusting. <laughs> yeah. She, it uh, feels like something the two of them would do. Yes. Like she's light, she's soft and light and perfect. I forget how small she is. Selena, stay alive for me. Less than an hour ago, yeah. And all the all the censor, all the swears are censored now. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. Barbara is uh. Barbara is chasing some dealers, trying to get them out of this arcade, and she uh she steals the, <laughs> she steals the uh this dude's skateboard. And he's like, I, I could not, I could not tell exactly what it's supposed to say, but it's like, uh, fuck you twice, I, fuck you twice, yeah. you let a fucking, uh, little piece of gel bait ass steal your, uh, steal your wheels. Sweet piece though, ew. She said he, he's, she's also referring which. Wait, say it again. This weird, tasty, sliced booty. booty. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, between that and the bending of four. Yes. Just a lot of like, weird refer references to people's asses. Yeah. Like, does Frank Miller really think that ass. Like, is, is he. Did he hear that? Yeah. I see. It means that you're supposed to. Like. Um, I didn't catch any of the censors. I'm just guessing, you know. I just guessed a lot myself, but there is one particular 
for being out there and uncensored. And it's the one where Barbara punches the two guys and says, um, uh, sell your poison someplace else. This here arcade belongs to the fucking back. Yes! Which literally... Her going that extra step. He's the goddamn Batman. No. Well, I'm fucking Batgirl. No. Feels very Brandy Rhodes to me. <laughs> like, literally, I rehearsed this and it sounds cool. I will say, the fucking Batgirl sounds a lot cooler than the goddamn Batman. It does. It really does. Um. Yeah, uh, cut to Black Canary doing, robbing some more guys. That's basically just, she takes some of these guys' money and then sets it on fire and just burns the building down. Like, there's a lot, the whole page is full of narration. It's not important. And what's weird, too, is I feel like someone got into Frank's ear and was like, I heard because here she's talking about, like, all these women's names and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, say sweet, sweet, whatever. Like, there's so much here that it's just like, it's just nothing. Like, it's just her saying things. And it's just being like, did you know she's Irish? Yeah. Without, like, really kind of developing her as a character. Right. That These are her character traits. She is Irish. She hates it when she is objectified. Uh, she steals money. Uh whatever she lights money on fire i guess right. you know she she made out with batman with her mask on because it's better that way yeah that's uh, it yeah that's that's her whole character um commissioner gordon's wife got into an accident and is missing yes uh, uh they talked a bit about it before um and i think this is something that also uh, uh year one but like she drinks quite um and there was a bit actually where she's referred to as Sarah with no H, which is wrong. Well well, okay. Barbara is his wife. Yes. But whenever he's kind of thinking about he's always thinking Sarah. Yes. Sarah's name is spelled without H throughout this entire issue. That's yes. not correct. Yes, by Sarah's the way. name is spelled like, with an H in early. Yeah. Period. And in year one. So if you're trying to carry over year one, bring, show your work, basically. Right. Um, also, isn't it weird that the Gordons named their kids after themselves? Yeah, a little bit. Barbara and James Gordon and their children, Barbara and James Gordon. I mean, James Jr. Yeah, but Barbara and I guess Jeff that's Barbara. fine, but... Yeah, that's that's just odd. Like, I found it weird. Like, I... Because, like, I was like, oh, writing Barbara confused me. <laughs> like, right. Uh, speaking of Barbara, uh, or, or speaking of Batgirl, yeah, we, we do kind of cycle here. back to yeah, her. Yeah, Batgirl. Yeah. She, uh, she's on the skateboard, and she's like, hey, it's getting out of hand, you stupid fucks. You can kill these shitheads. That wasn't the idea. And she gets her shit rocked. Like one solid punch right in the face. And uh, then she gets grabbed by the police and arrested. 
Yeah. And she's like, there's no I have, way I could bullshit my way out of this. I have to ask you here, like, again, we're on the final stretch at this point. Like, do you think that Miller is trying to make a point that, like, Batman earlier actions are bad by having Barbara kind of let things get out of hand and maybe even kind of the stuff with like or something like is that kind of what he's trying to get at writing I just I think so I think it's supposed to be like Batman is a bad influence and he had to learn like hey your actions have consequences yeah and maybe maybe if this had been allowed to go two more issues i guess we would have been able to begin to but sadly no this is the final issue yeah we're not going to get any more um and so Barbara calls her dad, or Batgirl calls her dad, we should differentiate, while her dad right. is in the hospital visiting her mother. Uh, and it's like, uh, it's like, Captain, it's your daughter, it's important. It's like, I'll call her back later. It's like, sir, it's the only call they'll let her have. And then it, it, she talks to, she's talking about, uh, or he's talking to the doctor about his wife and how she has to go through detox and it's really unpleasant and all these things and then it clicks his head he's like wait what did you say about only one call come back here <laughs> and then uh she talks he talks to uh to barbara who is in jail he's like there's own uh the only reason i don't give that girl a swat one is because somebody already almost break uh broke her jaw two because she's being very very brave he's like don't use that badge to make anything anything easier for me dad i don't want you to and i don't deserve it you haven't done anything in your life to tarnish that badge i'm going to plead guilty and take whatever penalty the judge says i owe and i won't blame the batman for anything the tights and what i did were my choice i just don't like batman because he looks cool and that's the only reason i'm blaming batman is bullshit what i did was wrong and I, it was my own fault and then it's like yeah he's like does mom know yet he's like no she'll be okay she's like, did she get drunk again because she got drunk and drove and got into that accident yeah exactly right like i again exploring this kind of thing with uh barbara and barbara is it's it's nice i guess but like it feels like it should be like it feels like all of this should be separate from like this story yeah and this is really where it leaves it you know uh where gordon says it's the wrong thing to do, but it's the only thing to do. How that little angel of mine is, knows about Sarah is beyond me. I could go crazy trying to match wits with my own 15-year-old daughter. My wife's got another 30 minutes before she's likely to ask for me. I'm far away from all. I'm far enough away from all the equipment to make a call without screwing anything up. It's the wrong thing to do. It's the only thing to do. Sarah, it's Jim. Sorry to wake you up. No, nothing's wrong. Nothing like that. Really, my own life's the last thing I feel about. Feel like jabbering about right now. Just tell me about your day. I just want to hear your voice. She washes over me, and there's no pain or guilt anywhere in the world. Somewhere in the middle of it, a wild thought flickers through my head. A strange thought. There's, only, there's one person I'd love to talk to, to tell my problems to. But I scarcely know him, and he's miles from here. And I'm not even supposed to know his real name. A wild thought. A fleeting thing. 
and I fall back into Sarah's voice and I know I'll be strong enough and wise enough to handle things and everything's going to be all right, all right, all right. Everything's going to be all right. And that's where this ends. That's the end of the comic, yeah. It, it just, it, it, they did not do the last couple issues that it... So that Joker plot gets unresolved. We don't find out if Selena survives. Uh, we don't find out what happens to Barbara. Um, there is... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you. Um, so I did a little bit of digging while I was searching. I found a very interesting little tidbit about what was intended to happen uh, going forward. So first and foremost, the, the, the first thing that I found was... You cut out for this whole thing. Oh, sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Try again. Okay. So two years after the last issue of this comic came, so it was 2000. Yeah. There was revealed that there was going to be a six-issue miniseries to tie things up, quote, the way Miller wanted called Dark Knight Boy Wonder. Um, it was meant to be tied in with this. It was meant to have, like, it was meant to specifically a sequel comic that would likely finish everything. Six issues in the... To this day, it was supposed to come out in... Two... And it never, ever, ever came out. <laughs> so... That's really kind of where we, like, so if you were wondering if they actually did intend to finish this in any way, Jim Lee, I guess he had plans to do that. But you think about it as well, 2011, 52 was... Right, yeah, they rewanted everything, and so that meant yeah. that, like, stuff like this just never got to finish. Yeah. Like, they rebooted everything then... Batman Year One, uh, comic that came out as well. The online came out yeah. where it was like, okay, we're gonna do like re right. from their earliest origin, and that's where we get. Like, but it's going to be fully Batman. different. Uh, no, no, this is a completely that's, different. Oh thing, no, no, actually. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of uh, is that Z Year Zero. zero. Yeah, let's see, there's yeah Zero Year. Yeah. Um, this is like a completely different where. They did a bunch of comics that tended to be completely separate from the DC universe. And they were meant to kind of be like ultimate comics is, is you know, kind of to, yeah. uh, to coin them. Um, the one that I particularly remember is one with Wonder Woman, which was very odd, actually. Um, I know that it was kind of one of the only comics that like very visibly showed like Wonder Woman with women yeah. but also she also they had some really uncomfortable stuff made steve trevor black and we're like wonder woman's gonna talk about the importance of bondage to steve <sighs> so maybe not the cleanest best reboot that they could have done right but yeah obviously with new 52 existing with one existing with Jim Lee now being the publisher at DC and also being kind of the architect behind like the new 52. Right. And Miller also after this being persona non grata with like not really having done anything 
right uh, since then except for yeah like i don't think we can expect this anytime soon <laughs> dark knight boy wonder never coming out never coming out uh you know so if you were hoping for a satisfying conclusion to that story uh you're never gonna get one um and frankly it's not a good story anyway uh yeah <laughs> and if you draw the conclusion that this is the universe that uh the dark knight returns takes place in that's your conclusion to this story is the dark knight Returns series which gets worse over time uh carrie kelly becomes cat girl it's not good yeah the thing that stuck out to me about dark strikes back the only thing i can remember about that is that dick grayson was meant to be i think it was dick but dick grayson is meant to be this sort of unhinged like oh batman you turned me into a soul and batman very specifically tells very well for some reason but he tells him multiple times that he couldn't cut the mustard yeah and that's why he like wasn't successful so i'm almost wondering if some part of miller was writing this explain this is why dick grayson is the way that he strikes back and eventually was told no that's not the story that we kind of are interested in you telling right yeah yeah um but uh, thank you all for hanging out with us the last, God, almost four hours. Uh, Jesus Christ, I've got to stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, thank you, Alex, well, for hanging out on this episode with me. Um, you could follow me, uh, you follow the show on Twitter at MCMFPod. You could follow Alex, uh, it's at Death by Degrees. Yes, Death by Degrees on Twitter. Which uh, the only place time, you can find me. All time great Twitter handle. Yeah, Shout it out. just came to be in a dream. Shout out to Nina Williams. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be back. I, you know, I got to configure some stuff for what's current arts. But uh, in the meantime, uh, tell your friends, rate the show, review us, uh, give us five stars on stuff that helps the show. Uh, it makes me helps me feel good about continuing to do this. Um, we will catch you all next time. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much.